What's happening, y'all? Welcome to the Good Buddies Anime Podcast. I am your good buddy, Brandon. And I am your good buddy, Roger. And we're hey, back hey. again. Back again. I say it every goddamn time. We're back again. Yeah, we're back again. That was an early cuss drop. All right. You Broke did the it, seal. Dude. Broke the seal early. I remember in the early episodes, the I think the very I was second so, episode. I was so worried about you cussing were like, too much. You were like, in the second episode, you are like, I am sorry. I said a lot of cuss words in that episode. I think what exactly what happened. I'm going like, to slim it down. I'm going to cut it down. Uh, it ain't ever happened. Yeah, I tried. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, that's uh, we back again. We're going to be discussing the first four episodes of, I'll let you say it, because he's been, he, Roger here's been working on his pronunciation. We found out one, he said last week, I think it's French, it's German. It was a guess. It was a guess. Not a great guess, but it's German. <laughs> so go ahead and give German. me that pronunciation. What's the series we're going to talk about today? Uh, Legend of Galactic Heroes. Sorry, Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Yeah, you left the V out again. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dear Nortese. I don't think that's... I still don't think that's... De <laughs> You're saying it like like it's Spanish. Dese. De nortese. Now see, if, if, that was, if that was Spanish, you'd be like, de nortese. Well, but it's German, it's, so you gotta be like, de nortese. Maybe like, angry, I like get angry. De nortese. Spicy meatball. <laughs> what the, This is getting... A croissant. Ha, ha. All right, it's starting that's to get French racist. right there. It's starting to get racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's languages, dude. Alright. Anyway, that's that's what we're gonna be talking about. Um on the show, the first four episodes. I enjoyed them. I can't uh, we're gonna break them down. It's gonna be a good time. We're gonna get in that shit. Yeah, man. Um I thought they were pretty good too, but let's go ahead and talk about what we've been watching. So what have you been watching, big guy? I I've been watching a few things. Still watching that Hot Bottles that's being released. Uh that one's fun. It is getting dark. I think I told you that that show's getting a little dark, and I'm realizing that uh, that that game I watched the I watched a like let's play of a what's it called a Doki Doki Literature Club that mm-hmm. like starts out as like a cutesy pootsy dating sim and then gets real real dark. One? Yes, it yeah, did. Good. I watched that one and you a couple. You might have told others. me to watch it. It's yeah, I did. It's it's pretty messed up. Uh, Watching that has really messed me up because now I'm watching this show that's like about these girls who play badminton and I'm like, oh, this is getting dark. Is one of these girls going to grab a knife? What's happening? Like it, it got pretty. There's a bit where like one of them is like on the bus looking down and she's got that, that typical like deranged anime look where she's just kind of like got the little smile and her eyes are wide and they're like, you know, they go flat. You know what I'm talking about? Where she just looks like, like one of those. It's fucked fucking terrifying real creepy looking but i'm gonna have to check it out dude been watching that i'm enjoying it i really i'm really liking that show but it is taking some some fairly dark turns like stuff's a little twisted but we'll see where it goes um i do enjoy that show also been uh watching a few other things there's one specific thing i do want to talk about and i kind of i get i told you a little bit about it it is called cells at work and it's it's Osmosis Jones anime. It's basically Osmosis Jones, but it is awesome. Hey, like, that movie was great too. Man, don't downplay Osmosis Jones. Okay, I, I didn't love it. I liked it when I was in school and I watched it there. I was mostly just like, what? I was like, this movie what? kicks ass. It was okay. Um, 
I didn't. I tell you what, I really didn't like about that is just how gross Bill Murray was in the real life things. Because like he would like it would zoom in on his face when he's like eating an egg or something, and I was like, this is disgusting, and it really bummed me out. I should I should give it another try because I bet I would like it if I actually could get past that. Anyway, this show is kind of like Osmosis Jones. It's centered. It talks about uh, the intro to is like talking about how there's like so many trillion cells in the human body, and this is the story of them. And it mostly focuses on a little. Uh, all the these cells are all like personified as like just anime characters, and the body that they are in is like you know it has streets and buildings. This is the spleen, and it's a big building. Uh, there's a big thing in the first episode where the red blood cell, who's one of the main characters, can't. She's new and she can't find the lungs. So she's like running around with this freaking uh with a package because they're like delivery people of a, with a package that says co2 on carbon dioxide trying to get it out of the body you can't find the lungs it's pretty great so can you learn some stuff about the body it in actually this anime? it actually it does tell you a lot yes it does it does it does like uh, a character will be introduced and it'll like kind of pause and it'll show it on the screen and like it'll say it on the thing it'll be like oh this is a macrophage bloody bloody blah they do this and that and this is how they function and this is their duty in the body and that kind of stuff it's really neat it's actually pretty it is fairly informative and like i i, I was like a lot of it i'm like oh yeah i remember this shit from biology this is rad um but it's it's freaking great. Uh, there is, the other main character is a white blood cell uh, who obviously like his job is to run around and, you know, kill germs and stuff. He is really awesome because his design is like he just looks like a dude and like he looks like a dude with a hat and a uh, like like kind of a he look, kind of looks like he's wearing a janitor's outfit, maybe or like maybe like he's got big pockets and stuff like maybe a soldier or something. And he wields a big knife. But his, his design is literally like they drew him, sketched him, lined him up and then didn't color him in. He's just completely stark white. He's a white blood cell. And it looks really cool. He also has like his hair from under his hat goes over one eye and his one eye is like kind of creepy looking. He kind of looks like if L stood up straight. That's what I thought. He yeah. looked like L. He looked like if L stood up straight and had like was a little more buff. But the coolest thing about it is like it's he's he's completely stark white so when a germ shows up very early in the first episode dude runs and he's like die germs die and he just whips out this knife and starts slicing these fools up just murdering these germs and he's then just immediately covered in like this shockingly bright red blood and he just looks like a crazy person but he's like just doing my job like he's really cool and then, like, the thing I love about it is how it goes from, like, oh, man, that's a lot of blood. Like, this is kind of crazy to you then meet, like, the platelets who, because they're so small, are like little toddlers. And they're, like, trying to go through, like, red blood cell, white blood cell are trying to go through this tunnel. And the little toddler platelet is like, oh, no, sorry, we're under construction. Um, they, they We got the package. We can't. We're, we're working on it. I'm sorry. We can't let you through. Uh, it's, like, fucking adorable. It's like the cutest shit I've ever seen. And then like two scenes later, dude is slicing up another germ and it's all bloody again. It's it's nuts. It's really great. I really am enjoying the show so far. It's like four episodes in. I don't know how long it's going to end up being, but I kind of love it. I kind of really, really, really love it. Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, beyond that, watching the watch the new MHA, we can talk about that yeah. a little bit. It's pretty great. Yeah, I liked it, man. Learning some super moves. Yeah, man, got some super moves. Cool stuff's happening. I've I've heard that pretty soon there's gonna be like new characters introduced. One of which apparently the fandom went gaga for. Uh, she she may or may not have a naked power. I don't know what that means, but apparently she gets naked, and a bunch of people were bummed out because they're like. Well, in the comics or whatever, they they like censored it because she was more naked. And I saw a screenshot. I was like, gosh, she's pretty naked. (laughs) 
works. I don't know. We'll find out. I don't, I don't know what the deal with that is, but we'll we'll find out soon enough. I could find out already if I bothered to watch the you know subtitled version. But come on, come on. You know what? Don't type in MHA naked girl. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Did you just Google that? Yep. Probably close, that, a, close that bad boy out real quick. I'm like, whoa! Say, uh, don't lie. You you bookmarked it. You save it for later. I sure did, man. <laughs> the worst. I got it saved up so I can bop my baloney. You know. Yeah, you you. Uh, Roger Roger's gonna drop that one in a few times because he just he just introduced yeah. me to the term bop the baloney. Yeah, my my mother has been staying with us and oh um, god, because she's sick, so we're working on getting her into it some care but until that time she's living with me and my girlfriend Mm -hmm. and she was telling me some stories about my uh my late father and uh you know i guess the apple didn't far fall far from the tree because he also made plenty of (laughs) masturbation jokes just like me talking about bopping and my mom my mom told me his favorite was to say bopping your baloney it's the fucking (laughs) i never heard it before oh my god Kind of made this whole experience <laughs> worth it. Now I'm a little closer to my that's dad. That's ridiculous. All right. Well, I got bopping bandit over bopping his baloney. That's not what happened. Anyway, bumping, bumping gums and bopping baloney. Jesus you know? Christ. Well, okay. That's I told you what buddies. I didn't want. Tell me what you've been watching so you can top, stop telling me about bopping your baloney. <laughs> Fucking dink. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about that it. Baloney. Okay, buddy. I have been watching. Um, I, I've been watching Darling and the Franks. Mm-hmm. Still going uh, on I'm that still one. quite enjoying it. I'm right at the next session that I sit down and watch. I'll hit the big controversial episode where right. people had a write about. So next week, I should be able to fill y'all in a little bit on that and my thoughts of it. Um, the whole Bitchy Go episode. Yeah, we'll see what that's about. But so far, I've really been enjoying that anime. Uh, I did check out a couple of new ones. I checked out Project uh project magic girl rising i think is the name of it let me see yeah you showed me like magical girl uh magical girl raising project yeah you showed me like just the like just like the 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 first screen of it like without clicking on it or anything and i saw i'm like well that looks like a little magical girl it's also tagged as mature what's happening here (laughs) yeah so essentially i've only seen the first episode and it didn't give you a whole lot it starts out and there's a very bloody scene going on, and one of the magical girls is breathing very heavily. There's a monster in the background, and it just looks like there are other magical girls dead all around them. So it's Blood like everywhere. It's like if one of those little cutesy poot magical girls yeah. animes also like there's a lot of gore. Yeah, essentially, and uh, it doesn't uh, sound like my first, jam. The first episode. Well, I don't know for sure yet. I'll have to tell you next week. I'll maybe I'll check out another one. The first episode, it shows that, and then it just drops you into the real world, and it's very mundane. Um, This girl, the main character, she is a little older. Her friends kind of make fun of her for liking magic girls and stuff like that. She plays a a phone game, a a mobile game. Mm. It's like a a magic girl RPG. There's some flashbacks and stuff about her best friend that watched uh, magical girl stuff with her. It was a guy. Um, But... One in 10,000 players, one in 100,000 players, something, some extreme number like that. Become like real magical they, girls. They, they get the opportunity, like the game watches them and, uh, you know, they don't know this is happening, but then the game presents itself to them and it starts talking mm. like, like, holy crap, this is really happening. And it says, hey, we, we have real magical girls that go out and help people. They're like superheroes. It shows you like some blurry pictures and stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they tell the main character, we have selected you to be a real magical girl. Sweet. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, I hell be, yeah. I want to be a magical girl. Do my little transformation. So she becomes a magical girl. 
little laser wand with a heart on it. Yeah, like, she she's the most stere- stereotypical looking magic girl of the group of magical girls. It's all pink and fluffy. Yeah. Uh, she's got nice. like flowers and stuff on her. Hell yeah. And then the other main character you kind of learn is the the guy that from her childhood that also really liked magical girls. And he, he also turns into a magical girl? Yes. Hell yeah. He turns into a magical girl. Uh, and they start to partner up. And the very last thing you get in the episode or whatever is they're saying, uh, there are this many magical girls right now, but we're looking to cut it down to like eight or something like that. So it's it's like the purge with so, magical girls. Yeah. So it's like hinting <laughs> like these magical girls are going to start having to kill each other. Some fucking, some fucking stay uh, magical girls. Some damn, uh, oh hell, what's it, what's it called? Battle Royale. Magical yeah. Girl Battle Royale. So we'll see how <laughs> that, that sounds, goes, man. That sounds kind of rad. Uh, you I'll, get a few more I'll episodes keep, in, let, let me know what's dude, up. Because yeah. I don't know. The first episode started out like it was really interesting, and the, you know, just reading the premise of it, it seems really interesting. But, you know, once you got past that first part, like, okay, this is kind of, kind of boring until you figure out one of the magical girls is, is her friend that was a male from before. That's kind of rad. Um, yeah, kind of cool. And then the other one that I checked out was How Not to Summon a uh, Demon Lord, I think it's called, what it's called, How Not to Summon, let's see, make sure. What's that all about? How Not to Summon a Demon Lord. These, um, so this is one of these online game ones, like where they're playing in an MMO mm-hmm. or whatever, and this guy is so OP, nobody can touch him. He's uh, he, Yeah, he, you know, like the only thing that he hates more in the game than yada yada is whenever couples come to approach him because there's no room for couples in the game and sounds uh, sounds like a fucking weirdo all of a sudden he gets uh so so he's like you because he's so good at the game right yeah he's so good at this game he's the very best <laughs> just he's, like me yeah roger just like, me, just like roger <laughs> and he goes uh, he gets summoned in by these two girls but he has reflective magic so he's supposed to be a slave to them but they're slaves to him yeah, but they have collars and stuff on their necks and there's giant boobies and it's very harem Jesus Christ but um, you and your titty anime, dude. I didn't know what that anime was going to be, and actually, I wasn't too into it. Yeah, I was. I was like, this isn't great. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's going to have that really cool <laughs> story like DXD does. Yeah, you know, I think I'll give it two more episodes. Yeah, I'll probably give it a couple I, more. You know, if I don't see enough, titties. hey man, if I get a, if I get a chuckle, man, I'm I'm usually happy with all it. All right, all right, all right. But uh, other than that, I watched the new MHA, new Full Metal Panic, all good stuff. Hell yeah, and. I'm excited to see some more. Sounds like a good time, man. It was a good time, man. It was a good time. So, you ready to talk about some De Nortese? Let's break it on down. Let's talk about that intro first. We talked about this a little bit. Yeah. Song rules. That song kind of rocks. I kind of love it. The first couple of times I heard it, I was like, eh, whatever. But then I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of awesome. Because, like... It really, it really sounds like, like it really, with that and the visuals, it really gives you like the way the music swells and shit and like how it fades out at certain points. It really gives you the idea that you are going to watch a very like epic space opera kind of like this romantic war movie, which is pretty rad. Um, And it really, it really conveys that well, I think. (laughs) But yeah, the, uh, the song is called Binary Star, which is kind of awesome. And I know I didn't realize it at first. I don't think Roger did either. It is in English. Yeah. It doesn't. I couldn't understand tell. a word of it. Uh, I mean, clear. obviously, the, the English doesn't appear to be the person's first Brandon language or whatever. There and he, he tried to have me point out some words. I was like, I what, do you, what do you think it's saying here? And he was like, I think it's saying the name of the anime. And I'm like, no, that's binary. 
Like it's yeah. the name of the song. Uh, oh. I looked up the lyrics and shit, and it's not just me because like a couple w- lyric sites had like the wrong lyrics and shit for certain parts. The song's pretty sick though. I really yeah, do is, enjoy it. Is it. A good song. Like it's to say melody, nothing too. of like like fu- yeah, the melody's rad. Fuck fuck like whether or not you can understand it. The song's just good. I like the whole intro sequence too. The whole like intro sequence is yeah. pretty sick. I really enjoy. It gives you like an overview of the character. You see some ships in combat. You see blasting mm-hmm. and fighting and all that stuff. And the song's just all together. That kind of like pulls it into one. I will say I think my cool favorite thing. thing about that song is that the melody of the chorus sounds exactly like that uh what what's the name of the song by starship nothing's gonna stop us now you sing it a little bit because the, the okay so the melody of the of the song of the chorus on the song uh on the actual anime is like uh uh burning candles in the something words and here are more words and that song's like and shape we, of an l on his forehead that's not how that goes i but, say yep Nope, but uh, that fucking that fucking Starship song is like build this world together, standing strong forever. I'm like, this is literally like they change the bit at the end. Like they go like the like the the Starship song goes down. These guys go like back up, but it's like y'all <laughs> straight up. It really sounds like they bit that melody, but it's, whatever. It's, a, it's still good. It's I love a really, it. It's a really awesome. That's a song. fairly yeah. It's and really great. It's a fairly common melody. Before we too, get so. too far into it, let's give a little bit of the backstory on this show. So yeah, it has I been around for a while. Okay, not this one in particular. Like the straight but, up like eighties is when like I think the original novels mm-hmm. and then the manga and then like no joke. There's been like s- several different manga runs. This is I think the sixth animated series of it. Because uh, like they just keep remaking it and shit. There has been a play. There has been a musical from the Wikipedia page that I read. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't. I was asking Roger. I don't know if this is just a trend that I never knew about, or if it's just all happening now. But like, this is like the fourth or fifth show I know of that like you know was remade from an old series yeah. or something. The original novel run was it's like eighty something, uh, right? Eighty two to eighty seven. Yeah, and then there was the manga based on that, then the anime based on that, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it makes, I get why it's been remade so much. It is, it is fascinating. I really, like, in just these four episodes, I find that, like, I feel like I have a very good understanding of these main yeah. characters. And, like, I am interested to see, like, what's, what's going to happen and whatnot. The original anime started in 1998. Hell yeah. And it finished in March of 1997. It's like 110 episodes, right? It's 110 episodes. Gee, And bus. people, this does have a big following. Yeah. People really love this. And so, in this anime, too, you'll see, so you're going to have some very large-scale space battles. Yeah. And take this back to that. This is 110 episodes pre-2000. So all those Jeebus. space battles and stuff are hand drawn. Hell yeah! So the That's scope, sick. the scope is probably smaller, but I feel like I gotta you know, check like, that out for as many people. Yeah, I really need to as well. I I've known about the older anime. I just had never watched it. Now I'm very curious because I do think like things like Robotech and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, and I feel like this is something that I probably would like if I went back and checked out. the It's older pretty stuff. sweet, man. It really is just I'd probably a huge, really like... appreciate it because you know now seeing you know the the scale that they are intending mm-hmm. or whatever, and knowing that that's all hand drawn, and that's let's, pretty sweet. Well, point is out this this one that we're talking about is twelve episodes long. There has they've already said yes, there's going to be another a season two or whatever, and it's going to be like mm-hmm. I think the thing I read said like uh three movies that were like four episodes each or something so yeah and i do believe this was pretty well received as well 
I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of this and seeing yeah. what happens after. We, we rolled I'm the dice, it so far. And yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah, we kind of, we kind of jumped onto this one, yeah, just kind of like, I'd seen oh, a, I don't know, do you want to watch this? Oh, I'd seen a couple oh, episodes, and they were like, that thing, spaceships. Yeah, yeah. it <laughs> came to mind because I'd seen a couple episodes a while back. I checked that out when it yeah, 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 started yeah. airing. That's why I kind of pointed it out. I was like, oh, let's maybe go check this out. And that's that's uh that's what we did. But I'm kind of happy because I did enjoy. Uh, these episodes i i only watched the third and fourth one again because mm-hmm. i was kind of running out of time and uh yeah i literally showed up, and he's showed like, up very early he was like did you watch those episodes like yeah i was like okay because i have not <laughs> 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 fucking dude but but we we are all caught up now uh but yeah let's I get wanted, into it man i wanted to give a little history of it yeah definitely check out the older stuff if you like that but uh, let's go straight into episode one. All right, episode, episode one. Episode one is titled. And does it have a time? In the Eternal Night. Sorry, there it is. There you go. In the Eternal Night. Uh. So right off the bat, this thing gives you like the whole one thing that I I like, but I will have some shit to say about this later. Is that this one? It's one of those series that like this we. Rec- we the first thing you see is like just a dude riding in a wagon through the forest and it's like okay what year is this and then a giant spaceship flies over and you're like okay what years yeah it's like some serious star ocean shit it's dude. very it's very um what's the word it's kind of kind of got a retro futuristic thing going on i think and that's not even really the right term for this i think but yeah, like it's, it's kind of hard to pin down there's so much where like you see you know these people like are flying around in spaceship but then you see them at home and it's like they're living in a relatively normal house mm-hmm. like a like a mansion maybe but like with a big fireplace and couches and like that kind of shit. There's a point in a later episode where they're firing guns. They like are firing guns. they would appear to be laser wooden, guns. Wooden what appears to be a wooden rifle like you would expect a fucking like a Civil War reenactor to be holding, but it's firing lasers, which is pretty jarring yeah. to say the least. Also, oh, and, and the like animation laser, is very beautiful. In why this did, as why well. do laser guns always have so much kickback? That's not how a laser works, is it? Mm. I, don't I know. never shot one, dude. <laughs> Me neither, bud. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, it actually starts out with a pretty great uh, o- like a of a of a what, what's the word I'm looking for? A voiceover of uh, this this narrator who is basically in every episode so far talking about how doesn't say a much other than uh, if any of this seems familiar, uh, it is only the terrible familiarity of war. It's like, nah, son, this is like the fifth or sixth time it's been remade. We we know. <laughs> yeah. But okay, man. It's kind of like it's a weird it's kind of this anime's way of saying uh the events here are not based on any real people, I guess, but mm-hmm. kind of weird. Anyway, uh that big that big ass spaceship that's flying over has this insignia on it that it zooms in on for a second, which I only ma- I only want to make note of because it is a Fairly, is there a bug in here? What are you no, looking I'm looking at? at the bendy light. We got a new light. Okay, Roger's just looking around the room like a fucking weirdo. Yeah. Excuse me. Sorry, I'm, sorry I'm, to throw everything off right there. But um, and it's always scared that the the Calvin is coming back. I I saw him die. That fucker did like come three back times. <laughs> All right. But um, yeah, this one uh, it, I I only bring up the insignia on the thing because it's a a pretty classic like imperial kind of symbol. It's the it's mm-hmm. like the double headed eagle. Um, I don't remember. I don't know where that originally comes from. I know probably the most popular use of it was by the Byzantine Empire, I think, which like it was a double head eagle looking left and right because it was like their whole conquest of the east and west or whatever. That's that's the very short history lesson I know about that thing. But you see it a lot. It's kind of an immediate way to tell, okay, this is imperial or whatever. Uh, We get the voiceover that talks about how it is 
SE, that's the year. We got a whole new calendar here, baby. SE um, 796. Uh, there are three uh, sovereign entities uh, on different planets here. The galactic is it S is it SE or is it UC? It's either SE or U. I think I think this one said SE, and then later it's UC, and then there's IC. So I honestly don't know. Yeah, what's there's, happening there with are a lot these. of weird dates on here because Look, I mean you, you get a little calendars. bit of explanation about why stuffs like that, but it's pretty goofy. Um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, Year 796, whichever. I think that would be uh, uh, the... I think it's uh, UC. I think that would be the the universe calendar or whatever. Well, no, they... I've I got it, UC, I've got it written down several times, SE, and then there's also IC, which is the I Imperial UC calendar. I have mine, so... Yeah, I've all, no, I've got... I've also, it's, it's year 796. I've also, got, <laughs> I've also got UC up here later, so I'm not sure what that's about. I don't know. Anyway, a bunch of different fucking shits. Anyway... We're not going to focus on the calendars too hard. I, I kind of do only because I'm trying to figure out when this is. So if my math is right, uh, in episode three, the voiceover talks about how in the year 2081, this stuff happened. And it says CE, which would be common era. So that'd be 2081. And then stuff happened. New calendar set year one of this calendar, which would be you see this. Uh, I believe the uh, universal calendar, I think, is what that refers to. Or whatever, but then that goes from from then like 527 later. This happens, and then other stuff. But if we if we start there and say 2081, this stuff happens, and now it's 796. That means we're around about 850, 860 years from now. So pretty pretty decent bit into the future here. Yeah, we got we got like eight and a half lifetimes above us, maybe not. Yeah, but it, it talks about how these maybe three ten. different sovereign entities on different planets and whatnot. There is the Imperial uh, or the Galactic Empire of the Golden Bomb Dynasty, specifically the Golden Bomb Dynasty, the Free Plant Alliance, and the Dominion of Faison, which is kind of a they're kind of pulling the Switzerland or whatever. They they're they're neutral in this whole conflict or trying to be anyway. Um, but yeah, we then see uh, on another ship, which has that same Imperial insignia on it, and inside we see a blonde guy uh, who we find out is this dude. He's kind of running shit on this ship and with this fleet, in fact. Uh, his name is Reinhardt von... What was it? The names in here are ridiculous. Reinhardt von Lohengram is this guy. Uh, and he is approached by this redhead dude who we find out is Captain Siegfried Kirscheis. Um, gee, there's so many names. I'm only going to give, like, the main character ones because it gives you the names of, like, every single, like, lieutenant and general. And it's like, y'all, that's way too many names. There's, I Maybe these characters do have very major roles, but holy shit, I ain't writing them all down. But basically they talk for a little bit. And this this blonde kid is kind of running shit. He, he's the head of this fleet. Um, I forget exactly which fleet this is. I don't, I don't even know if they give you the number of the fleet. It's always like the, you know, first fleet, second fleet, that kind of shit. But he, uh, he's running stuff. Uh, there's, uh, he has a meeting with several vice admirals and basically, uh, Kershaw's before they enter that meeting tells him that they're being approached by a, uh, a, uh, a trio of, uh, three fleets of the, uh, what do you call um, the rebels, which are the, uh, free planets Alliance. And they're, they're basically moving in on them from three different directions and they're going to have to deal with it. And it looks bad because together those three fleets outnumber their fleet, you know, two to one, basically, uh, the admirals, when they're in this meeting, uh, they're basically saying the same thing. Um, 
the the main the main guy who's talking for him uh i did write his name now vice admiral Staden. he's saying look this looks bad uh this is pretty much the same thing that happened at the slaughter of dagon says we should do an honorable treat and the high admiral that's lohengram bondi he's like uh no we're not gonna do that we have the advantage we're gonna take these guys like what the fuck are you talking about we don't have an advantage we're out number two to one he's like hey step in line and i'll handle the shit and they're all like, well, this fucking guy. Like, they're just talking shit about him. They they, they have no faith in him. They're like, we're absolutely going to get demolished. We need to leave. This guy's going to get us killed. He says, no, there is, there's no honor in retreat. There is honor in fulfilling our purpose to the Kaiser. We're doing this. I'm handling it. Step in line. Uh, they talk some shit. Kaiser, not to be confused with the role. <laughs> <laughs> but you really just must try the right. Or the Kaiser. All right. So it's a little weird out for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, afterwards, they're talking some shit on him, uh, these admirals. And they're talking about, and eh, the only reason he's even got this is because his sister's boning the Kaiser or whatever. Their relationship, they say. Once again, not to be confused with the role. You got to stop that. <laughs> is that, that, can't, that cannot happen every time I say Kaiser. <laughs> You Sk- monster. Skittity-bebop. He's been like scatting all damn day. You're the worst. All right, let me just get through this goddamn <laughs> okay, episode, okay, man. Okay, So, uh, but yeah, there, one dude tries to uh, stick up for him. I wrote this guy's name down because it's hilarious. Rear Admiral Von Fahrenheit. He's got the right temperature for... Okay. But uh, he's sticking up for the guy. Everyone else dismissing. They're like, that's bullshit. Um, Lohengrom, he knows that they don't like him uh, back, in, back in his little throne room basically his his command center with uh Kirshai's. he says uh yeah i know they don't like what i'm doing but i don't care i'm gonna i'm he he basically says he's gonna drag them to victory whether they like it or not and he invites uh Kershaw's to have a bottle of wine with him it did not be so formal he says uh you know you're gonna get promotion uh promoted once we're done with this how's commodore sound and i'm like y'all he's like inviting him for wine and they smile at each other i'm like y'all fucking y'all fucking it very well could be. It could be fucking. You find out later they've been friends since they were like little bitty baby they kids. They definitely wore drinking hot cocoa with their shirts off. So yeah, they're like they're very close. Clearly, he's whether looking, or not they're fucking. He's some looking, of the some of the stuff he says suggests to me that they're fucking. There's one scene in particular later where he's like he tells him uh, I forget Z- what he says Z-Z-Z exactly. He's looking to be his rear rear admiral. <laughs> the worst. He uh he tells him he tells him something like uh, uh wash over straight now or something like that, and I'm like y'all. Sounds like y'all fucking. <laughs> but anyway. They bobbing each other's balonies. Now, Von Fahrenheit <laughs> is the rear admiral, first of all. That's the guy with the gray hair. But anyway. Uh, yeah, they... Well, this isn't... Okay, never mind. Uh, we'll talk about it when we get there. He becomes a rear admiral later. Like, in this one, he's a... <laughs> at first, he's just a captain. Rear. He's a... Red has the captain, Siegfried Kershaw. <laughs> he says he's going to get a promotion to Commodore. I believe he does get promoted to rear admiral later. But anyway... Uh, Says he's gonna get promoted. They return uh, when they return to Odin, which I guess is the capital. Anyway, uh, we then get a cut to the fourth fleet of the Free Planets uh, Alliance on the flagship, the uh, flagship, the Leonidas. This is Sparta. All right. Uh, Captain sees that the Empire is approaching. He says, "Well, that's just fucking stupid." I mean, uh, this is he 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 says that this isn't just a tactical mishap. This dude's like trying to get killed. We're about to yeah, fucking a, bone these dudes. It's a two to one advantage. Well, for them, this specific fleet it is not because they, as a trio, these three fleets—the mm-hmm. second, fourth, and sixth—with going 
uh, if you're in the if you are the Galactic Empire fleet looking at the three sh- uh, three fleets, second on the left, fourth in the middle, sixth on the right, two four six, they are going straight for the fourth fleet, and they're like, we we know as a trio they outnumber us. If we mm-hmm. rush in on these guys, we can take them out, and then we the plan is to kill these guys, swoop around, kill these guys, finish them off. As long as they attack them one at a time and don't let them all gang up, they have the advantage, which is Blondie's whole point. Well, no, that's drama. what I'm saying is the uh, yeah the alliance is the one that it feels very confident. And, exactly. Yeah, uh, the alliance is feeling confident, even though right now it without their backup, it's not looking great. Um, and they try to send out distress signals, but they've already been jammed. Low and Grom gives the order to fire. They take them so quick. Uh, this first volley is too quick for the free planets to uh, properly ready their shields. Their front line is decimated. Uh, they continue their approach. Fahrenheit uh, launches his attack squadron, uh, takes out a couple ships and what uh, uh, several ships, the flagship. They just take these fools down. And... Lohengrom and Kershaw's, uh discuss where the uh, he kind of they're kind of like Lohengrom is obviously like a tactical genius is is appears to be his whole deal like he's just very he knows what he's doing he knows how to handle this and he's kind of like fiddling with Kershaw's, like you know trying to see what he knows and whatnot and he's like oh who do you think we should go after next he's like well blah 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 uh, the six feet would probably be the right way to go and he's like eh, you're really sharp I already gave the order but yes you are correct and like they're already moving that way to go uh, they swing off to a right to go take out the six fleet it's very important to note that every time they're doing this they are scram they are jamming their signals so that these guys can't communicate with each other which is how they were able to like just rush in and get the jump on these guys so they didn't have any backup um so yeah they've already decided to attack the right flank so they're going that way they basically just slam through these guys they're swinging a right going to come up from behind the sixth fleet and that's the plan orders given they're going uh kershaw's is concerned that the enemy may have already figured out their plan Lohengrom says well there's no way they would if that if that was true then they would have already been combining forces that's the only chance they have they don't know they don't know anything kids these days they don't know they don't know kids these days uh, we then get a sh- cut to the Sixth Fleet flagship, the Pergamon, and we see Vice Admiral Moore, who is dismissing uh, one of his guys, Jean-Robert Lop. Um, he uh, Lop is telling him, no, it's definitely, li- listen, we're being, we're going to be attacked as the Imperials and whatnot. And he's saying, there's no way we would have heard from the Fourth Fleet. Nah, you wouldn't. They scrambled your shit and now they did. So... When they when the ship then starts a rocking from fire, he's very caught off guard. Of course, Jean realized it already. But they get up to the they get up to the command center. They starts giving orders. Um, the Empire actually uh, like is gives them actually I think uh, gives them the opportunity to like surrender and whatnot. But the uh, commander, their vice admiral Moore, uh, says no way. I'm not. I'm not planning on. Uh, uh, dying like a like like I play I'm not gonna retreat like a coward I'd rather die he ain't giving it up and he does in fact die um yeah they they drop their jamming signals send that offer and whatnot and he says no we're not responding I won't die like a coward and of course they end up dying uh not 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 like cowards but I mean they do die yeah I guess uh pretty bad time they actually notably there they were being attacked from behind and his response was to just turn around and fire back which to wit uh before that um what you who's it uh jean who is uh i guess his second in command tells him no what we should do 
is just move forward. That way we can swing around them. He doesn't do that. He refuses. He says, no, we're just going to turn around and blast him. That's what gets him killed. It's just a bunch of bad planning here. Second in command might have been able to help him out there, but that is not what happened. So, uh, at this point, Sixth Fleet is sunk. We got four. We got six. We are now moving on to the Second Fleet. Uh, and they, they, you know, keep that little arc they've got going and are swinging around to hit them boys up. And as they attack... Uh, Kershaw's who's standing there next to the High Admiral Lohengrom, he says, you know what? You're really nailing it, but I gotta tell you, I'm, I still get nervous in these battles. And he says, specifically he says, what if one day the enemy has someone like you who, who's, as, who's as good as you are, who's as tactical as you? Lohengrom, Lohengrom kind of chuckles at that and he says, well, I had looked forward to uh, testing their metal and I'd like to meet them face to face if possible. No doubt we'd have much to discuss, he says. And then a message comes through uh, after they've already begun attacking the fourth fleet. Uh, the sec- yeah, the four- no, the second fleet, excuse me. This is the second fleet that's left. They, they are attacking the second fleet. Message come through. And this person on the me- in the message introduces themselves as Yang, Wei Li- Yang Wen Li, uh, who is taking control after his commander, uh, Payetta, I believe, has been injured. And he says, uh, if you follow my orders, you will live. He says, we may be losing now, but only the final moment matters. And if you basically tells them if they stand down, then we're good. And if you follow my orders, you'll be fine. And then he orders his own ships to just attack, just focus on attacking individual ships for right now. And Lohengram is like, uh, cute. And he says, all right, everybody, uh, spindle formation. They basically like line them up with like, there's a point to the spear and everyone else is going in behind them. They're just going to slam straight through the middle of yeah, these fuckers and tear them spindles up. Spindles is, they're just spearheading them. They're- yeah. Straight up spearheading them. And they tear right on through and everything seems to be working. Like it seems like they're going to just tear these dudes up. But Loagram gets up and he's like, wait a minute. And he's watching these displays. They have like these these hologram displays that show like our ships, their ships. Like here's how we're moving. Here's where everyone is. And he goes wide eyed for a second. He says something's wrong. He says it can't be. And that's where the episode ends. And then we're gonna cut on to episode two, where you get to see pretty much how that ends up for him. And after this first one, so I'm watching this and I'm like, oh, so these are like the main guys, right? These are we're just gonna it's gonna be the story of these dudes and these imperial guys and how they stomp out the the rebellion i guess what's really interesting i want to talk about the ending theme too ending theme's pretty great it's very oh, yeah, it's very great. chill and what's cool about it is that the ending visual is pretty much just a static image of on one side you have all of the imperial officers and like with the with Lohengrom, the main guy at the far left and on the other side you have all of these other officers who we find out are the free alliance the rebel officers with yang with yang at the far right who uh, we find out. And what it does is it starts at that left side and just pans across and ends on Yang. And that's how the visual goes. So each of these episodes, so far, every other episode is about one side or the other. And when it's the other side, at the end of the second episode, it does that same visual, but it's going from right to left. So it's kind of like, okay, here's where we were. Now we're going to see what's going on this side. Then, okay, now we're going to see what's going on this side. So it goes back. It's really interesting. I like the way they did that. And we're on to episode two. Episode two. Uh, the Battle of Astarte. Or Astarte. Astarte. I don't know. Okay, I thought it was Tay, but the Battle of Astarte. I think it is Astarte, yeah. All right, so 
this one again, I have written down SE-796, which is also IC-487. God, these dates, you get a little bit of information about that later, but X hours earlier. So this is the same battle, but earlier that day or earlier, so many hours earlier. And we see the very beginning of it, you just see this rebel officer laying in bed. There's an alarm that goes off. He gets up and he goes to, and he leaves the room. That's it. Credits roll. Great opening theme. Cool. We then see when we come back, Yang Wei Li, uh, Yang Win Li, excuse me, Yang Win Li uh, is talking to his commanding officer, the Admiral, who has reviewed and rejected his attack plan. He says, uh, it's unnecessary. We got him outnumbered. We're, uh, look, if we use this, no, we won't lose. But not losing is insufficient. We need a decisive victory here. He dismisses him, says, go on, go, go find something to do. You're brilliant. You're great. Love your work. Big fan. Beat it. And that's pretty much how that one goes. Uh, as he's leaving, Yang is approached by Lieutenant Commander Lau, who refers to him as the hero of El Fasil, which we'll see later. And Yang, uh, he asks Yang how he's doing, and Yang tells him, man, he's honestly a little bit concerned. It's he 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 knows that they have the they clearly have an advantage here, but he doesn't. He thinks it's it's unwise to underestimate the enemy, which is exactly what the superior officers have been doing, and we see. Every time they've underestimated him, it goes very badly for them. We know how this story up to a point plays out. And in this episode, we're going to see it from the other side and then the conclusion, which is pretty neat how they do that. Um, Lau tells him, uh, don't feel so discouraged. Uh, he says, you know, in one of my previous epi- uh, uh, previous missions, I was one of only three survivors. Um, I've got the devil's own luck. So, you know, we're going to we're going to be fine, I'm sure. And Yang's kind of like, huh. Eh fucking weird guy and then we go to the next scene so still on that ship uh the admiral the commanding admiral is shocked to find the empire is not where they had anticipated he is pretty upset by this and yang isn't happy but he knows he was right to uh to be concerned about all this and he suggests that they rendezvous with the sixth fleet um to present a united front and the admiral refuses he says no if, if they're not here, they're attacking the fourth fleet. We need to go and support the fourth fleet. I'm not going to let those people just die. And Yang says, sir, they're already gone. We need to focus and focus, you know, we need to unite so we can, you know, really handle these guys. He refuses. He doesn't do it. While this, after this conversation though, Yang goes over to one of the computers and starts like fiddling with it for a little bit. He's doing something. We don't find out until later what he's doing. But, uh, after this, Yang gets a call from his good buddy, who we know is about to die, Jean Laud. Oh, no, not Jean. Not Jean. But yeah, they uh, <clears throat> they both see the writing on the wall. The support, their superiors will not listen. We already know that Jean is unable to convince his superior in any kind of way that might help him. And their whole ship ends up very, very dead. And Yang is in the same boat, basically, but he's pulling what little strings he can and Jean tells him, listen, if anything happens, you got to take care of Jessica for me. And Yang tells him, don't talk like that, you son of a... Listen, you can't do that. We're going to be fine. We're going to make it out of this. And then the signal goes dead. Uh, we see the last moments of the Sixth Fleet again with them being destroyed. And we now know our good buddy Yang, his good buddy Jean, is gone. Jean yeah. gone. Jean gone, but Yang is on. I just that that was off the dome, baby. <laughs> Straight off the the dizzy dome, you know. 
Really, you should have told me you were going to do some dome knowing, man. I would have put some music to a little scooty doo bop. That dude was coming, you son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. All right. So Young again tries to get uh, his uh, his admiral to listen to see reason uh, before, but before they can come to any kind of resolution, they are attacked. It is now the uh, Empire is moving on the second fleet, as we saw before. Yang and Lau are the only two on deck left standing after this attack. Uh, everyone else is either injured or dead. You actually see these little robots fly out and like seal up the the cockpit of every, and everything of this command center. And yeah, Yang and Lau are the only ones left standing. Uh, the Admiral is injured and set and gives control to Yang. And Yang sends his message, the one about uh, it's a pre. It was a uh, he records his message and sends it out again. They're Signals are jammed. The only reason that got out is because the Empire dropped them so that they could. And he gets that message. Um, so it's an important thing to note here that their signals are jammed except for like some very – these short-range free, range frequencies, which is why he was able to get that out. Further, they are watching everything they do so that if these guys do try to communicate and say, okay, left flank do this, right flank do that – then they won't be able they'll know what they're doing they'll know what they're planning and they're gonna the empire is gonna be able to counterattack. so it seems very hopeless here like if these guys move in and they move in the right way which of course they will they're fucking soldiers they're gonna handle business it looks bad for yong and his entire second fleet but yong has a plan uh the galactic fleet is again running through they're doing their spindle formation comms are still down and he tells lao all right we know they're watching everything. Just tell everyone to open code C4, which is, uh, I guess, like a file that he was fiddling with earlier that we saw. And he dropped into this thing and said, if they open that, then that's all they need. That's innocuous enough that the you know other side, even if they know that they're opening this file, they're going to be like, okay, what the fuck ever. It's just a file. It's not actual orders, but it's orders inside that file they find. The ships, uh, the other ships, do so. They find plans for these this exact scenario that Yang had made way back when the fourth was under assault. Dude saw like eight moves ahead and was ready with this one. Uh, as the Empire is breaking through, the ships actually split, and they just kind of <clears> divide. <throat> A few ships in the middle are lost, obviously, with all the fire and whatnot, and then blashing through. But they split off, um, and then they manage to converge around behind the uh imperial fleet and are now just tailing them blasting at their tail end the imperial fleet unlike fucking mr second over there who was like we'll just turn around and blast him no they're like no the only way that guy get his job man he's just great did he just did he no the guy that just got them all blown up he's like just turn around He's just bad. He can clip it off a cereal box. What happened there? Maybe. I mean, I some coupons. This is, a, this is a thing that Young says later. When you're certain of your uh, th- these guys, th- remember these are guys that outrank everyone else. They got there because they are military heroes. They did something. They they worked their way up the ladder. They are in command. And he says later, when you're so sure of your plans, you are blinded to what's happening, and that's how you end up dead. Mm. That's exactly what these guys did. They were so sure that they were right. They didn't want to listen to anyone else underneath them, even though those are the people who had the right ideas. Um, which I think is going to be a theme throughout this show. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, unlike uh, unlike those guys who, like, turned around and got blasted, this guy says, no, if we try that, we'll, we'll just end up dead. What we got to do is push forward, circle around, and attack their back end. And they do so, and they end up forming this crazy, like, which is essentially like a double Ouroboros, like two snakes eating each other's tail. They're just the front of this one's blasting the back of that one of that fleet. The front of that fleet's blasting the back of this fleet. And they're just slowly whittling each other away. This keeps up. They just all end up dead. Most likely it's, it's way, it's just a lot, a lot, a lot 
of loss on both sides. This continues. They call it a war of attrition at this point is what's happening. Uh, Yang remembers, uh, actually mentions, uh, in his readings that like back on earth, apparently this formation such as this were, uh, not very, not terribly uncommon. This stuff did happen. Uh, Lohengrom in his ship is like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I can't believe this is happening. He's pissed. He, he hates this ridiculous formation they're in, but there's no other way to, to do this unless they all want to end up, unless they want to turn around and end up dead. So they continue for a while. Both sides realize they aren't, they can't continue. There's just going to be too much yeah, loss. It's just a ring. They're, and they, yeah, it's just a ring of these enemy and ally ships and they end up finally splitting. Uh, and Lohengrim regrets not being able to finish him, but Kirshiza reminds him that given the previous odds, this was more than a minor victory. Like there was, we had no chance. You got us that close to winning, yeah. it, which is pretty amazing. Also, it's it, you know like uh, Lowen Graham. I think he wasn't uh, he wasn't too upset because there was a worthy adversary. Yes, that's there. exactly what he says next. In fact, he's impressed by Yang, and he actually sends a has a, a message sent to him. And back on that ship, uh, Lau receives that message and relays it to Yang. He says, uh, doesn't say a whole lot, but it says that was a battle well fought. And until our next encounter, uh, you know, High Admiral Lohengram or whatever his title was, uh, he kind of just, you know, and Yang's like, oh, that's high praise. Okay. And Lao's like, do you want to respond? He's like, uh, no, they're not expecting anything. Let's just get back to base so we can, you know, get the wounded home and whatnot. <laughs> he just sends him one back over. Thank you. <laughs> Fucking worse. <laughs> Why are you so bad? Thank but yeah, all in all, they suffered. Uh, all in all, the uh, the Im- the the empire, you know, suffered some casualties. Uh, the free planets suffered ten times as many, but they did the the over the voiceover at the end says they did succeed in hen- in halting that empire's invasion of the Astartes star-, star Zone. This was a, I mean, yes, a lot lost. Could have been so much worse because if they hadn't managed to stop them there, they were going to just keep on continuing and just take everything. Most likely, it would have been real, real bad. Yang's of goddamn hero, two times apparently. Yeah, we get to see how he got the first time hero in uh, hero commendation in episode four, but right now we are on to episode three. Episode three, and indo- oh, sorry, an indomitable prodigy. Yeah, man. So we get another, uh, this is where we we're get a lot to, of the backstory. Yeah, we better get some cocoa with some shirts off up in this mug. <laughs> that does happen. Yep. So here it is, well, this wanna, is this is where we get some Brandon, more backstory. Brandon, you want to sit back, dude, take our shirts off and have a little bit of Swiss Miss? I mean, not particularly. It's too are you hot a, for Swiss are you Miss, a, bro. Are you a Lando Lakes kind of guy? It's way too, it's way too hot out. For for cocoa, you like right now, you like Hershey and just the pot. I can maybe I can maybe do a bowl of ice cream with you, dude. I got some uh some cookie two step in there, some bluebell cookie two step. I don't so know what that is, but it sounds delicious. It is delicious. So I got if, I got me a I got me a gallon of uh, Neapolitan at the house. You if, know I if love if my Neapolitan. Before you want to live, leave, dude. Before you want to live, <laughs> if before you want to leave, are you gonna kill me? What the we, fuck? we can rip these shirts off, dude. Grab us some ice cream. Let's not rip our shirts off. I am down for ice cream. Okay. Well, it's a, you hear that, guys? One or two, it's perfect. <laughs> the fucking Sounds worst. good to me. You're so bad. You're, you're the fucking worst, dude. All right, it's episode or three. the best. Skibbity uh, beep bop. Skibbity beep bop, yeah. Um, so we get the backstory here in the in the uh, voiceover that talks about how... I don't know if they the, can hear the car in the background, but this fucker's had their car on forever outside. Just, just, just drive, dude. Just you drive. Chill? You're so... No one can hear that. You're really stressing about 
dumb shit, man. I always worry about it's it. It's gonna dude. be okay. Look, let's just. All right. I just gotta scat my stress away. Skip it up, Buddha. Scat like music, not shitting on people. Yeah. Right? No. All right. Maybe a little both. Who knows? Jesus Christ. All right. So <laughs> this is where we get the backstory. In the year CE, so Common Era 2081. So that would be like, you know, our our calendar 2081. Humanity as a whole moved, basically decided we're, we're leaving Earth. We're going to Theoria and the Aldever- Aldebaran star system. These fucking names. We, we basically figured out interstellar travel. We found another planet. That's where the seat of power was moved. Uh, humanity's seat of power was moved. Uh, the Galactic Federation uh, in 310, basically this dude named Rudolph Goldenbaum uh, is elected the president of the of you know the planet and the humanity in general i guess because we managed to figure out humanity and not just nations now whatever man there's a lot of lot going on in here i see 2081 seems pretty early for all that like we we figured out humanity as a whole instead of just this nation that nation but dude's basically elected to run shit and then is also uh made the prime minister because that's not enough he's got all the power and having all the power he says hey i've got all the power and he declares himself the emperor the federation is dissolved uh he makes sets it so that a subset of the nobility rules everyone underneath him if you're rich if you're powerful you got it everyone else get bent do what we say and that's what happens basically and they start the ic which is the in, uh imperial calendar i would guess uh is 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 what that is uh, after his death, because eventually he dies, um, he's still just a dude after all, even if he has all the power and is like, you know, declares himself the holy sovereign and whatnot. Uh, after his death and whatnot, there's a bunch of riots. And in IC-164, Arl Heinison uh, leads the leads a group of Republicans to escape the Empire. Should note that when the... I forgot this part. When uh, the shit was all moved to this Theoria place, that's when they started the new galactic calendar, which earlier, again, I, I, I wrote down like a few times, so I, I'm sure this is what it said, SE-796. Then I also have written down UC. So I guess, you know, two different things. Some amount of time after that is when uh, the... Yeah, UC, that was it. In UC-310, that was the... Uh, Universal counter. I don't know what that stands for. That's mm-hmm. when Homeboy started shit. 164 years later, this R. Hennison guy, uh, Heineson, uh, leads these Republicans to escape the Empire. They eventually get to this uh, habitable planet, and they found the Free Planets Alliance, and they reinstate the Universal Calendar. So now we have two different freaking calendars, depending on who you ask. Jesus Christ, it's not enough yet. Uh, in the year UC 527 and IC218, which are the same thing, that's when the war really starts off, and 150 years, basically, is where we're up to now. All that war. Okay, there's your backstory. Roll credits. That happens. So, when we come back, Lohengrom is being commendated uh, uh, by the Kaiser. Not to be confused with the roll. Had to give him a second. Uh, Sorry, my brain was still melted by trying to figure out all these dates. There's a lot of dates. These damn calendars, dude. These calendars are ridiculous. I'm going to drop these calendars, dude. They're hard. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. But basically, uh, he he is being declared the Imperial Admiral. He now controls straight up half of the full armada uh, in this year, 487 IC. So that's where we're at now, which, of course, would be uh, the 796 or whatever in the other one. Yeah, 796 in the... uh, in the other calendar 
Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to drop the dates from now on because shit gets confusing. The point, the big reason so I was looking at all those. So the Universal Calendar. Yes, and keep that's in when mind the space battles took place though. That's when yeah, the, that's what okay, I'm saying. Okay, this is this okay, is okay, right okay. immediately after the space battles. Okay, he's he's you, being commendated. This you just watched it, bro. Yeah, I know, but dude, these dates I'm telling you, they're throwing me off. Point to point to keep in mind is that assuming that the 2081 was in fact in you know regular as Gregorian time and all that shit. That plus the uh, 796. 2081 was Space Hitler, right? No, 2081 was when uh, they the, when they started the new calendar. And okay. then 310, 310 of that one Hitler. is when you had Space Hitler. R- Rudolph is basically Space Hitler. <laughs> but what I'm saying here is 2081 plus 796 tells us when in our time this would be taking place. You want to do that math for me real quick? Say it one more time. Just use a calculator. Well, hold on. You tell me. On I, need the, I need the numbers again. 2081... Okay. Plus 796. Oh my God. I should have just written this down. Well, I try to get my computer's calculator. 2081 plus 796. Plus 796. It was like 18, 28 something, right? 2877. So that would be, so essentially, like, what is that? 860 or 59 years after now is when this is happening. If this was like real world shit. You get me? You feel me? Mm-hmm. This is 800 something years in the future from us. Neat. We got that handled. Um, So basically... Uh, 859. Yeah, dude. So Homeboy is being... Uh, has been declared the Imperial Admiral. He's running all the shit. Uh, a few of the people in attendance are unimpressed. Uh, High o- Admiral of Lesser, I wrote this one down in particular, says, oh, I was a fluke, this blonde asshole. He doesn't got nothing. Others are saying that uh, his promotion only comes as the Kaiser is in love with his sister, etc., etc. Kirshai is also a subject of a lot of gossip in this little uh, party room after all this, as he's standing there by a window by himself. He is then, however, approached by Paul von Oberstein, who I bring up because, one, this guy looks like Levi from freaking... He does. He's from freaking... That, yeah, uh, that was his name. I was trying to think of his name earlier. Yeah. He Le- does look like Levi. He, he looks like eyes. Levi from freaking... Uh, what's, your, who's, what's that shit called? Attack on Titan. Attack on Titan. Very robotic eyes. Well, he has literally robot eyes. Yeah, his eyes are robots. He has literally <laughs> robot eyes. But he's like a very, real serious looking dude. He appears like he's going to have a fairly major role because he's also uh, he's featured super, in the opening super credits. Serious. He's pretty cool looking. I kind of love this dude uh, just after this very short... Um, what do you call it? Very short introduction he gets. But uh, he... Uh, yeah, he, he he approaches the dude, talks to him for a little bit. Uh, Kirshai actually sees like his eyes kind of static out for a second. He's like, ah, sorry, uh, robotic eyes and shit. They're acting up, and he's like, oh, uh, in what battle did you lose? Though he says, well, I didn't. It was congenital. He's had him like this since he was yeah. a kid. Don't make a genitals joke. Oh, here it comes. I didn't know your penis had anything to do with your eyes. So where you're the vagina. worst. Not what that means. All right. But he he's been like this since forever, and he actually makes a comment. He says <laughs> it's, it's genitals, a good dude. the worst. He says it's a good thing he wasn't born during the reign of uh, Emperor Rudolf or, or, or uh, Rudolf, who who you know space Hitler, because yeah. he would have been uh, skinny deep up. He would have been eliminated <laughs> under the Inferior Genes Exclusion Act. Yeah, literally space Hitler. Yeah. Um, but he says, uh, he lauds Lohengrom. He we says, thought, we uh, talking some eugenics up there? Straight up eugenics, bro. He admires, uh, Lohengrom's ideologies, he mentions. He also, uh, mentions that, uh, he also says he's been made a, uh, staff officer or something at the high command and all that junk. Uh, they talk for a little bit. Lohengrom approaches. When he does, you actually hear some guy be like, salute the high admiral. And everybody's like, oh shit. And they stand up. 
But uh, Lohengrom approaches, everyone's saluting. Uh, Oberstein actually excuses himself at this point, and Lohengrom and uh, is actually, uh, you know, kind of fuck off after talking about that guy for a little bit. He actually, uh, it, I think it's of note that he that this Oberstein dude made a mention of uh, he would have been eliminated under Rudolph. He obviously, to me, that says that he doesn't have a whole lot of love for that yeah, guy's Yeah, and politics. also, not to be confused with the red-nosed reindeer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is just going to keep happening, huh? This guy's named Reinhardt. You want to make a joke about Overwatch real quick? Yeah, not to be confused with the dude with the big hammer and the shield on <laughs> Overwatch. Just, yeah. I fucking hate you. Scooty <laughs> Bebop! When did, when did you become the Baba Booey of this podcast? Like, <laughs> about, about 20 minutes before we started recording. About 20 episodes ago, bro. I've always been there. All right. This is episode 20. Yay us. Yay! Um, but yeah, this zero. guy, this guy obviously doesn't have seem to have a whole lot of love for like Rudolph's policies. He says he likes Lohengrom's ideologies. Uh, yeah, it seems like a seems like he's kind of a you know not super down with the whole empirical uh, thing that they're doing here. But they uh, they kind of converse about that for a little while, and then Kirschai's as they're walking through this hedge mage, uh, Lohengrom invites Kirschai's to come with him to see his sister Anna Rose. And he's uh, and Kershaw says, uh, hey, "You think that's a good idea?" Which is when Lohengrom drops another line that I'm like, "Yo, fucking right." And he says, "Oh, come on, I invited you. There's no use in resisting. Don't resist me, Kershaw's. Mm. They fucking right? Yeah, maybe. I think they might be fucking. They probably got a private room on this big ass battleship. It's kind of sick. It's kind of rad. All right, flashback." Big old extended flashback for most of this yeah, episode. Yeah, big and We see baby Kirschai's, little redhead baby Kirschai's, and he notices someone moving in next door. He's talking to his parents for a little bit at dinner or whatever. They're like, he's like, a noble, a noble's moving in. Didn't look like a noble. I'm a little baby. Look at my red, red hair. All right. That's not what he talks like. But uh, later he's uh, walking and he sees in the garden next door little baby Lohengrom, whose name is not Lohengrom. His name is Reinhard von Musel here, which... I don't know. I don't know what that means. We'll find out. I'm sure. But they introduce themselves. Uh, Lohengrom, uh, or okay, I'm just gonna call him Reinhardt for this one since his name has changed. Not to be confused with the yes, yes, yes. Oh, shot already. All right. <laughs> uh, he Reinhardt actually says out uh, Siegfried. And it sounds like a commoner's name, and he says, but he then says, uh, but your last name is very pleasant. It's almost, it's almost poetic. It's almost poetic. Do you mind if I call you that? And I'm like. Bro, that's adorable. But anyway, he uh, he's going to call him Kershaw's instead of uh, Siegfried. Uh, an older girl approaches. We find out that is Reinhardt's sister, Anna Rose. She says uh, that she hopes uh, Siegfried will be good friends with uh, with my brother, she says. And she also uh, asks if she can call him Zeke. So this kid's getting all the different names. Yeah. Freaking and right. also them bushy caterpillar yellow eyes. Yeah, they really go over. Sorry, not the eyebrows, eyelashes. eyelashes. They really go over the eyes. That's eye. what. That's what. This is what we were talking about. Like they did the same thing in Maiden Abyss with uh with uh yeah. with with oh shit. What's her name? Liza. Yeah, Liza. Liza Destroyer. Yeah. But the difference between Maiden Abyss and this is that Maiden Abyss had a very cartoony style to it. Yeah, yeah. This one seems to this be a one little is bit more the, the animation is very strict. It's like yeah, yeah. It's like to like a a perfection levels of how it's very it's very pleasant to look at it is yes it's very well done and then out of nowhere you got these 
these caterpillar crazy, these, yeah they look like they got little caterpillars on their on their eyeballs they got the hairy eyeballs it's only the blonde eye, eyelashes i always see like that though like to me like like when i look when i pick when i imagine an eye a drawn eye i'm like heavy dark outline just to say like that's where the yeah. eye is i think like with these guys in particular they're like no those are those are the eyelashes that's just what they look like so yeah. then when they have to do that with a blonde person they're like bushy there they are they're all big and yellow yeah and like, like if they were black it wouldn't look as weird like, i think maybe, but they'd also wouldn't be as spiky and floofy maybe they could add some like black or something i'm not trying to critique the art styles here kind of sounds like we're critiquing but, the art style it like looks great it is a little weird that they're there so fuzzy and kind of line them up because they you know it looks a little it don't looks, it looks weird how like you look at it you looks look, like she has an eyebrow for an eyelash yeah it, it, like if you look at Kershaw's, he's just got like like a thick dark line on the top of his eyeball these ones it's like that but it they don't have that thick line they have this kind of spiky bushy yellow uh, yeah. eyelash it's a little weird looking but I mean it's not so it's not completely breaking it is, and like it's, it, it's it not, wasn't until I saw her that I realized like that's exactly what Reinhardt's got going to like he has it just not as big like he's got the same thing because yeah. he's also blonde they're very blonde blue eyed fucking space hitlers alright but uh they got them bushes on their eyes <laughs> they do <laughs> sweet bush bro alright um but yeah they uh we then see Reinhardt at school uh, nice little private school. You know, they all wear their little their little uniforms with their shorts and their blazers. These fucking little Lord Fauntleroy looking motherfuckers. But uh, he's at school. The other kids uh, pretty much immediately target him. Uh, one one kid uh, is talking to Z. Some of the kids actually say, "Yeah, we'll mess him up real good when he comes by." And you see Reinhardt coming by right then, so they're about to like jump him. We then cut to Zeke, who is being told by another student, oh, yeah, the older kids were asking about him. And he's like, what? And he, like, runs off because he knows something bad's about to happen. He finds Reinhardt. The kid, the other older kids are already gone. He's apparently whipped their asses and dispatched <laughs> them. You don't get to see it happen. <laughs> they're, they're powder out there. But, like, all their, like, their bags and their books and, like, shit from their pockets just laying on the ground. Like, he literally just mugged these fools. Like, he fucked them up. But he's kind of bummed out because his uniform's all dirty. He's like, oh, man. Um, and he says, oh, Anna Rosé will be ever so cross with me. That's not how he talks, but it may as well be uh, if she finds out what happened with his dirty uniform. So Kirshaw says he's got an idea. The next scene, you see them back at uh, Reinhardt's house, sitting on the couch in front of the fire, shirts off, under a blanket, sipping some cocoa that Anna Rosé brought him. She says, I can't believe you fell in a fountain. That was their story. They just jump in the water and be like, oh, oh, we, oh, whoops. Like, that's how you get away with not finding out you got all dirty in a fight. Now, here's... I'm going to close my notes for a second, because I, I need we need to talk about this. All right. This is like 800-something years in the future. This is a very lovely home. It's like a mansion. They got a nice garden. Mm -hmm. They're sitting on a very elaborate, fancy couch, drinking some hot cocoa in front of the fire. How the fuck... Is it going to be 850-something years in the future? I ain't seen one goddamn TV yet. Not no hoverboard. Not no flying car. You mother... This fucker looked like he was... These little kids look like they're about to run down the street pushing a hoop with a stick. It better be a goddamn virtual reality stick and a laser hoop. This is bullshit. What kind of bullshit future is this? I want a laser PlayStation that dispenses pizza and has a hole you can fuck on the side. What the hell kind of future is this? <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> like, dude. Real, I, didn't, dude. <laughs> I didn't read into it that much. I, I, I get it's like a retro, it's like an old world, even though it's like high future kind of shit. Like, mm -hmm. that's that's what they're going for. But like, y'all don't that's have... That's what I said. It's like some Star Ocean stuff. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. It kind of bummed me. I'm like, y'all ain't got no... Y'all ain't got a hoverboard. Y'all ain't got fucking... 
Brando here looking at looking to get the sex hey, box 360 over like there. This fool, this fool, this little fucker's a noble, all right. He has money. Family has power. He why doesn't he have a goddamn like like VR the, room? The, the where's car the, where's is the, very old fashioned too. What the hell is it called in in fucking Star Trek? The fucking the fucking room that that like the, the enterprise no the shit while like Command where they walk room? into it no the, they walk into it and it's like all vr and shit but it's all real god damn it i knew it earlier i can't think of it now but where's the goddamn where's the fucking shit man it's bullshit this is bullshit future fucking blade runner lied i'm upset i'm fucking upset about this i am sorry buddy these kids should have flying bicycles rocket bikes <laughs> oh, they should at least have a yo-yo that does voice commands something dude i ain't no ain't no fucking holodeck that's what it is ain't no holograms that's we bullshit. got holograms now what happened hologram maybe something holograms. happened that all that technology like y'all are running shit you should have like uh, i ain't no flat screen they ain't even a plasma in this bitch yeah. like <laughs> I need <to> crt <laughs> I want a fucking laser guy to PlayStation. This fucker ain't even got an Atari. What kind of bullshit? Where's ColecoVision? <laughs> Not a Nintendo <laughs> Mini <laughs> or Game Boy. <laughs> They still can't afford one of the mini ass classics. It's fucking foolish. I, I don't know. That's like a tiny thing that I'm like, okay, whatever. It kind of, I was like, yo, it's a fucking year 8,000 something. Come on now. Anyway. Rant over. My notes are back open. Get back to the shit. I'm done. I'm done talking about the lack of laser bikes. All right. <sighs> so, yeah, they're warming up. They got away with the little thing. They, they didn't actually, you know, she didn't find out and all that. Uh, next day, maybe the next day, maybe a week later. I don't know. The time's, you know, time jumps and shit. Like, they're, the, the, the two kids are walking home. And they see, outside of Reinhardt's house, a car with that big Imperial signa- insignia on the back of it. And it's parked out front. Evil. Double-headed eagle. We know it's the Empire. It's like official, like, you know, military shits and whatnot, government and all that. Uh, Reinhardt runs in and is confronting his father, who apparently is not around, doesn't appear to have a mother in the picture. Dad's never there. What we do know is that he lives with his sister and he cares very much for her, obviously, because she's basically all the kids got. Uh, But his father is telling him, look, we didn't have a choice in the matter. The He says the... uh, what does he say? How's he say it? The his highness demanded her, has demanded her, and Reinhardt. He says you got to understand this is a big honor. And Reinhardt's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You sold your own daughter. Where's the honor in that? Apparently, yep. is what we find out later. They talk about how the Kaiser uh, has a. Not to be confused with the there. He goes again. God damn it! It can't be every time, Roger. It can't be. It really well, can't. I be. almost missed it one time. You waited for it. Yeah. Well, no more. Never again. <laughs> No, I can't. No, okay. So if you really want to look at it, dude, it's your fault. Anyway, anyway, uh, we find out that like they talk about how the Kaiser had a thing for no. They find out how the Kaiser had a thing for his sister. Yeah, fucking worst. Uh, Kaiser had a thing for his sister. So we find out that yes, he apparently straight up gave Daddy some money to to let Homegirl come with uh you know go with him and whatnot, which is pretty fucked up. But uh, apparently that's how this shit works, mm-hmm. which does it. it, it imposes a certain moral dilemma on me when I was watching this because like yes I feel bad for this kid I feel bad for that family at the same time you are nobles in the empire so it's hard for me to feel like as bad for you because I know there are people living underneath you who have it worse Mm -hmm. so I'm like 
Eh, but I get it. it. It is obviously, he's the main character of this show right now. So he's the one that we care about. So yeah, that's fucked up. But um, yeah, he says, you sold your own daughter, his highness demanded her, no other choice, etc. The boy is furious. Dad walks away. Sister comes up from behind him and hugs him and says, it's okay. This is just how it, this is just how it is now. And they're both crying and the kid is just still like shaking. Like he's made, he's doing like the Arthur fist. He's like, like he's pissed. But uh, we then see uh, Siegfried out front, uh, Kershaw's. And uh, sister's leaving. She's getting into the car with these uh, with these government dudes. And before she goes, she she gives Siegfried a gift, a little box, and she says, "Please take care of Reinhardt for me." And she goes, and Siegfried goes, and he's like sitting on a bench at like a park or something. And he opens this box, and it's a tasty slice of pie. She was actually making a pie earlier in the episode, I believe. It's it's kind of a like a thing to remember her by because that's what she do. She make tasty pie. Kind of nice, but yeah, he's bummed out too. Obviously, uh, Siegfried goes back to the house later uh, that evening, and he go he like kind of just goes in, goes through the house, and Reinhardt's not there. He's gone. The house is in shambles. In fact, it looks like he just packed up. He pulled a he he just grabbed all the shit and bailed. Um, he's just not there. An indeterminate amount of time later, but they're still kids, so maybe maybe a couple weeks, maybe a couple days. Who knows? Uh, maybe Siegfried's, a couple months. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, but Kershaw's is, uh, back in front of the house, kind of just waiting there and Reinhardt kind of shows up. He returns and he's wearing a cadet uniform. Very fancy, very fancy with his, with his cool epaulets on his little jacket and whatnot. And, uh, he asked Kershaw's to join him. He says, uh, he joined the, uh, an, uh, a military academy. He says, uh, I want you to join me to be a soldier. And Kershaw's like a, a soldier. What the fuck? And he says, it's the fastest way to get ahead in this world, the military. You and I, together, we will get my sister back. And we kind of get a view into this uh, this kid's, like, you know, ideals and whatnot. How he cares so much for his family, he plans on climbing the ranks, getting up in the military, because that's the best way to get into the government and whatnot in this world. He just wants to get back to his sister. He mm-hmm. wants his sister back. Just noble, I think. Uh, to an extent. And then shit goes different a little bit. Kershaw shakes his hand. He agrees, and they do it. They both are in this military school. At the school, people keep talking, talking about people. Let's give them something to talk about. Everybody's talking shit on this kid. Ryan Talk talks a little bit of shit back. There's these uh, kids who are the sons of Magnate, apparently. They have all these freaking servants waiting on hand and foot. And Kershaw says, oh, man, how are they going to survive on the battlefield? He's like, they're never going to see the battlefield. You kidding? Look at these little pussies. These fucking jabonis over here. Yeah, these baloney jabronis. Baloney jabronis. Bopping their baloney jabronis. Bopping their baloney jabronis. They actually, literally, these fucking kids are like riding their servants like horses in another scene in a second. It's really, it's pretty fucked up. But uh, they go through their, they go through their shit. You see them training, running. They have, they're firing their laser rifles, which look fucking ridiculous. Don't say firing the laser. They are shooting the little laser rifles and shit. Nope, there it comes. Nope. nope. I'm a charging my lasers. All right. But, uh. Yeah, they they go through the shit. Uh, you then the next scene is them uh, bopping their baloney. Nope, they are <laughs> grown. They are adults, and they are uh, they are graduating. Siegfried and Reinhardt both graduate top of the class. Siegfried salutatorian. Uh, Reinhardt's kind of the you know obviously top honors. Can you chill, bro? It's just so fast, dude. <laughs> bopping your baloney. Nope, nope man. Skidity <laughs> 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 bopping your baloney. <laughs> it just keeps happening, huh? Yep. 
But yeah, they graduate top of the class. Later, we see them walking through this poor part of town. We see people like, you know, dr the drunken destitute laying on the ground in the evening time as they're walking past him on the cobble cobblestone roads and whatnot. And they stop in front of this huge statue of uh, the guy, Rudolph. Space Hitler. Uh, yeah, Space Hitler, Rudolph. And the red-nosed Space Hitler. Um, yeah. Not to be confused with the reindeer. And as they stop, uh, they stand in front of it. Uh, Kershaw is standing behind uh, Reinhardt, and he actually like salutes the statue. And then Reinhardt in front of him says, he says to him, uh, Kershaw, have you ever thought of it this way? And then we cut back to the present. We see a very fancy car driving up, stopping in front of a very fancy house. And Ana Rose uh, von Grunenwald is her name, comes out and greets Kershaw and... Uh, uh, Lowen Grom, the you know grown up now, um, and they hug uh, the the sister and brother hug. They're very happy to see each other. Obviously, she's very glad to see uh, Kershaw as well. He's happy to be there. It's really nice. Uh, they they look adorable together. They're all just kind of chilling out. And as the as the brother and sister walk toward the house, Kershaw actually takes a second and says to himself that they haven't changed at all. These these two, they're untouchable despite all they've been through. They haven't changed. They still love each other so much. And it, it really, it's beautiful to him, as it should be. I mean, that's really nice that, you know, family family can, despite being so far away and so much shit that happened, they, they still love each other so much. It's really nice. Um, so they go in. Uh, Anna Rose finds a reason for Reinhardt to leave, says something about a bottle of wine. He's like, okay, I'll go find it. I get it. And she speaks with Siegfried for a little bit uh, with Kershaw's um, and she, uh, she says that she appreciates him, uh, staying with and watching over Reinhardt. And she also says that her brother is too headstrong and she begs him. She knows that she knows he's talented. She knows he's good. She knows he's a prodigy and he's so brilliant, but that brilliant, she's so sure is going to get him killed one day. He's going to fuck up and get in over his head and think he's got it. And he won't. And she's begging him to please just keep him safe. Just when you if you know that it's gonna be bad just stop him get him out of there she's basically asking him to do what we saw earlier the free planets guys their commanders when they were so sure their plans were right and their underlings said no this this is not gonna work we have to stop and they didn't listen she's asking him to take that role but actually do it obviously she doesn't know anything about that but i mean she she sees the writing on the wall she knows this kid is so headstrong and that there's a good chance he ends up dead one day. And he said, he, of course, he says, Dead or yes. a space Hitler? Dead or, eh, yeah, could be a space Hitler. But uh, he vows to stay by his side. He says that uh, he has his undying loyalty and whatnot. And he starts to say something else, but he's interrupted when Reinhardt comes back. And uh, we then, uh, we see them outside for a second, uh, Kershaw's and Lohengram, and they're talking. And he says it uh, reminds me of that night all those years ago. And we see them back in front of that Rudolph statue. And Reinhardt says, uh, think of it this, have you ever thought of it like this? He says, the Golden Bomb dynasty is not timeless. This Rudolph guy, he was ruthless, but, I mean, he just had good timing. He, he, he you know, under, under the right circumstances, he was able to take over, declare himself emperor, and change the world. And he says, if he could just do all this, if he, if he could amass all this power, you think I could too? And Kershaw is a little shocked at first. And then he narrows his eyes and he says, you know the answer. So please go make the universe your own. And then they both kind of look up at the stars like, oh yeah, this is going to be us. And that's episode three. Pretty yeah. good. Pretty, pretty, pretty intense ending there. I really like that one. Um, that was a fun one. 
And then we're on to episode four. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Episode four is the unbeatable magician. So we got backstory for that guy. Now we get backstory for this guy. Yeah. Uh, this one starts with a ship coming out of warp on board. What appear to be these regular ass civilians are uh, preparing to disembark. This young boy who we immediately know is young, young uh, Win Lee. Uh, he's reading a book and he asks his father, hey, if this Rudolph guy was so bad and so evil. How do we confuse with the reindeer? God damn it. If he was so bad and so evil, why did the people obey him? And one of the adults tries to give him a simple answer like, ah, he was just so good at being bad that everyone was cool with it. And he's like, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. I mean, if they if he was so they, they should have known something, they should have fought back. His father explains that slightly in slightly more depth. He says uh, the truth is that people back then wanted life to be easy. And then he keeps talking while uh, while we zoom out and we go into the uh, the uh, voiceover, uh, which says which says that this man is uh, uh, Tai Long and he is Yang's father, Yang's father, and that Yang would later be known as the unbeatable magician. Uh, but this is how it started with his with him just living uh, on out of the ship for the first few, several years of his life with his father, who's a traitor. Interestingly, the planet that they, uh, that is that they're near when they come out of the, you know, their warp or whatever. Uh, we see it later. That is El Fasil, which we know. Uh, and we see in this episode, uh, Yang becomes the hero of El Fasil and we get to see exactly how it's pretty cool. Uh, after the credits, uh, Yang's at the library because having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card. Freaking nerd. Freaking yeah. bookworm. Giant freaking book nerd. I do want to point out there's actually a bit here where you see a guy like on a computer or something looking up uh, some stuff. And I pause it. It's all, in, it's all in English, but it's basically just the beginning of episode three where the dude's like, in this year this happened and Rudolph blah blah and this guy and that guy. It's like, okay, cool. But, um... What uh, some girls who are actually walking actually kind of talk some shit about him. They're like a soldier who likes to read. Shocking. He's like sitting on top of a one of these rolly library ladders while he's reading this book. Um, but then he hears music and he looks up and he goes up to the roof to find this is going to be a good one. He to find a woman uh, playing a violin. Yes. So he goes up to this roof. OK. Mm-hmm. And bitch is up there shredding a Stradivarius. <laughs> He said, we want, so he hadn't watched the episodes. We watched these last two together here when I showed up. And when that happened, he's like, that bitch shredding Stradivarius. It's not a Stradivarius. He's dumb. A Fender Stradivarius, you know? Foolish. She's ripping it, dude. She is playing the violin. Um, Bitch is shredding that Stradivarius. She sees this woman playing the violin. She stops when she sees him, and she's uh, she's surprised to see a uniformed uh, soldier at the public library. And he says, uh, she said, he says, "Oh, is there something against some rule against that?" He's like, "No, it's just never seen it before. It's kind of weird." And he's like, "All right, embarrassing. Thank you." And as they're talking, a light goes on her head. She's and she says, "Oh wait, you're you're empty headed, uh, empty handed, young, aren't you?" And he's like what how do you know that nickname he's like yeah you're the guy who showed up at the dorm rooms at the call at the academy with like nothing you had no luggage or anything and he's like okay it doesn't explain how you know who i am weird and he and she says listen why don't you just uh wait with me here uh the answer your answer will be arriving soon 
And they talk for a while. He says the he admits that he didn't want to be a soldier, but after his father died, he didn't have any he didn't have any money or income or any uh, you know any way to get the education he wanted. He he wants to learn more about history, and the best way to do that was to go to the academy, the military academy. So that's what he did. He joined the army basically. He did he didn't really want to be a soldier. Um, it was the, just the best way he could get into school. At which point, Jean shows up. Jean, who we know ends up dead shows up and introduces Jessica, who we know before he died, Jean asked uh, Young to take care of her. So here we go. Mm-hmm. This is Jessica Edwards. Uh, she's the daughter of the fleet, Amory Burser, and blah, 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 blah. Uh, he's known her since they were kids, and they all, uh, and Young's kind of like, oh, that explains it. And uh, John's kind of like what explains what and like young look kind of bummed out and Jessica says oh he it just means that he knows you've been talking about him behind his back what is like kind of kind of cute they kind of share a laugh and then they end up uh, at a cafe later and uh, Jessica calls him the history boy or something like that and she says come on tell me something interesting and he tells the story of that we saw at the beginning with his books uh, reading his book and talking to his father and he says my father told me I asked why if Rudolph was so evil that people would follow him and whatnot and he told me that people wanted life to be easy for someone to make all their decisions, basically. And he goes into detail saying that, yes, there, there are people who are evil and that take over, but the people create the dictator. Even if they don't, you know, su- outright support this person, their silence and their inabil- their unwillingness to stop him make them guilty. That's why you need to get out there and vote. Guilty. That's why you need to get out there and vote. <clears throat> All right. But, uh, yeah, we then see uh, uh, Jessica's listening to him say this, and she's, like, kind of looking at him, kind of wide-eyed. She's, like, it, it's heartful to her. It's it's very interesting to her. She's she's kind of into this little, this little story he's giving. But um, we then see him at the Fleet Academy. Young is going up against this dude named Wideborn. His name's Wideborn. He was born wide, and he's the number one in his class. There's his big, we get to see a holodeck. They are standing on these, like, mock control rooms that, like, we've seen in the ships before, and a big shoom, like a big uh, a hologram goes on around them, and they're, like, in a battle, uh, facing down each other and whatnot. Wideborn has the fucking biggest, shiniest teeth. I kept making... He's got a big smile. He's got them big chompers. He's, he smiles real hard in a second here. But uh, basically, Wadborn just starts approaching immediately, and he has them form, ahem, a spindle formation as they advance. Uh, Yang, seeing this, just says, execute plan C. And a small he sends a small detachment uh, to the Alpha Sector, he says, which is behind the enemy ships that are approaching, uh, and has the other two, uh, the rest of the ships, just split into a flank. Uh, the left and right flank. Wideborn says, "Ignore that. Uh, ignore that uh, detachment or whatever. I mean, what are they going to do? They're gonna attack us from a ba- from the back. It's a tiny little group of ships. We'll blast them, no problem. Just focus on firing. Let's hit the right flank." And he does so. And he has that big dumb smile. He says, "There's no way these guys are going to get me." We see for a second. Well, okay, Yang wins uh, because that little detachment ran behind the ship and captured their supplies. Uh, in this little simulation, which means, hey, you got no supplies. Even if you win, you just die out here. There's no point. Game's over. You lose. So he, Yang ends up beating this uh, wideborn guy who was number one in his class. He took down the head guy. We then see, watching this, perhaps impressed. He doesn't have any uh, any expression on his face, really. I only bring this up because he's like the one, like, 
black guy in the, uh, outside of flashback. He's the one black guy yeah. we've seen so far. He is headmaster, I swear to God, Vice Admiral Sidney Sithole. First of all, what kind of name is that? Second, they made this dude. I think it's Sithole. Sithole. It's spelled Sidney Sithole. It's also spelled S-I-D-N-E-Y. It's like Sidney Sithole. He Sithole. First of all, he's got, they, they, it's the one black guy. They made him dark skin. They gave him white hair. They gave him blue eyes. They gave him damn near pink lips. It's, he's interesting to look at. <laughs> it's kind of weird. What it's, you're saying is they made the one black dude look like a clown. No, not necessarily. I do think it's weird that they gave him straight up blue eyes. It's like, come on, y'all. If you had brown eyes, it wouldn't bother me as much. It just looks weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Is that a thing that, that uh, black people don't have blue eyes? I mean, they... I've never thought about it's it. It's fairly rare, but it does happen. Okay. Um, but, like, in this anime, it looks weird because they also, like, made his lips so light, so much lighter than the rest of him. It's like, all yeah, right, like that's nice, not... Uh, tickle, goddamn, tickle me pink. They yeah. fucking made him a goddamn mollywog. Like, I'm not even... It's, it's fucked up. Anyway. A, a what? Let's not get into that. I'll tell you later. Anyway. Yeah, it looks... Animes don't have a great history with drawing black characters. Let's leave it at that. Sure. I mean, I, I think that's something we can mostly agree on. Anyway, uh, but yeah, there he was. He doesn't even have any lines. I only brought it up to say, look at, look at him. Look, there he is. Uh, Young wins. Young then meets with the uh, Jesus. I wrote down this one because it's the longest. I think the longest one we've gotten so far. Young meets with Deputy Adjutant General Lieutenant Alec Kazern. It's a long, Ooh. I'm out of breath already. Uh, he, uh, Young is apparently being transferred to strategic studies out of his uh, military history uh, class that he, wa- that he actually chose. And he, he says, no, I don't want to, I don't want to be transferred to strategic t- studies. And Kazern tells him, listen, you don't, you're, you join this academy. You are now a soldier. Soldiers follow orders. You're going to strategic studies. Furthermore, you know that this is like a very difficult thing to get into. Everybody wants in. You are being chosen to go in because you beat the head of your class who no one else was able to. You're going in. You're going to be great. Handle it. And he's like, if you don't like it, you can always just leave school and pay us back your big fat loan. And Yang's like, uh. and like you see him like doing his class. Yang has this classic thing where he just like, uh, and he kind of like when he's talking, this dude can't talk without like scratching the back of his head. It's like a nervous tick for him. Maybe he's a very like, He's a classic, like, low-key, like, regular dude, mm-hmm. despite being an apparent genius. He's just kind of like, oh, well, you know. He's also voiced by Weiss, which is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's this guy. Anyway, uh, the the voice actor is the guy who does the voice of Weiss in Dragon Ball Super, which is what I was saying there. Yeah. The Sounds dude, weird if I just say he's voiced by Weiss. Uh, Android 17? Yeah, 17. <laughs> pretty great. Also, the guy that changed his uh, daughter into a dog. There you go. I don't need Pulling all that. Alchemist. Come on, man. You had to bring that up. Need to talk. Just bring everybody down. I'm going to cry now. Thank you. All right. So we also see uh, on Kazern's computer that he's uh, looking at the uh, looking at homeboys uh, like, you know, information like he was born in this month. You know, his full birthday. You know, he was born in April. We also see the year he was born in, which means that at the time of that battle we see that we saw in the first episodes, uh, first two episodes, he was at that time 32. So we know the guy's age. We can assume that uh, other dude is like about the same age or whatever. I don't know. But this guy's 32 at that time. Right now he's younger, obviously, because this is before that happened. So as he leaves, 
uh, Kazern actually invites him to play chess with him sometimes because, you know, smart people play chess. That's mm-hmm. how you know they're smart. You gotta come over and play some chess. Yeah, man. Whip your sorry asses from chess. You can try. You can freaking try it. Won't be no trying, boy. Won't be no trying. All right. Uh, later, we see a bunch of buses leaving the school, uh, the academy. Jean is heading home on a break. Invites is there a Young. chess anime yet? Has that happened? Oh, I'm sure. I, there's the Go anime, so there has to be okay. a chess one. You remember that one? Yeah, I remember Playing it. Playing Go. Hikaru no Go, I think. I never, I never watched any of it, but Maybe I remember Hikari that being a thing. No Go. Something like that. I remember, remember that being a thing. Like 2007, six. It was Shonen Jump, I believe. Yeah. Anyway. Um... John's going home on a break, invites Young. He doesn't want to go. Uh, John mentions Jessica's also staying. He's like, eh, she's probably got schoolwork to do. And Jessica and Young actually run into each other back at the library, and they, they kind of have a chat on the roof. She is not shredding that shit out of areas, but she does have it she with her in the case. She does have it next to her while they're, uh, Bitch you know. does have that Stradivarius at her side. As you would with a Wait, you, call, you keep calling a bitch, bro. It's kind of fucked up. I said bitch, dude. Yeah, bitch. That's what the kids are saying. Bitch way? It's like they're saying, they're saying loud. Bishwe? And also saying Chihuahua dick. No one says Chihuahua dick. <laughs> All right, we got to get the backstory on that one now because you had to bring that shit up. So <laughs> I got a message from someone on the PlayStation Network. Who the fuck does this on PlayStation? It just says holla for loud. Someone's trying to sell me weed on the PlayStation Network. And I dropped it in. I dropped a screenshot of it in the group chat and I was uh, joking with it with Roger and our friends. And he's like, you smoking them chihuahua dicks? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking well, about? Well, first, there was a little talk about there's it being a, l- a slang word. For there's me, a lot of... I didn't know what loud meant. That's- yes, it's a slang word. I called him grandpa. Anyway, you said chihuahua dicks. Yeah, I did. No <laughs> one said... I go- I looked it up. The only thing I can find is that was a line in fucking eastbound and down. Like, that ain't... That's not a That's not a thing. I don't smoking know Smoking chihuahua it, dicks? I don't know where I've I heard never it. heard that. <laughs> fucking weirdo alright good buddy universe if any of you have heard the term smoking chihuahua dicks as a term for smoking Please sign weed sign off somewhere let like us let us know because I don't think this is a real thing I think he's just I think you heard that somewhere I don't don't doubt that you heard it I think whoever you heard it from was trying to make it happen they were trying to get that in the ether and they're not I'm not I'm shutting it down right here it goes no further sir <laughs> I saved it to memory because it made me laugh fucking ridiculous one of them chihuahua dicks can you tell neither of us smoke weed? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, she, while they're up there talking, uh, Jessica kind of talks to him for a second. She says, you, what are you looking at? And he's like, what? And she says, you only ever see the past. Don't you want more than that? Personally, my eyes are on the future. And she like stands up and like looks ahead of him as she says that. And it's kind of a crystallizing moment for Young as he's watching her. And he, he thinks about this moment a lot in the future. So, um, yeah, it's now graduation. Young and John uh, go to get a drink afterwards. You don't see either of them going up. No no special honors or anything. We would assume that homeboy's head of the class, but we don't actually know. Uh, but, yeah, they graduate, um, and they're getting a drink afterwards. John talks about Jessica for a bit and uh, says that uh, he finally told Jessica how he feels. And Young's like, oh, how'd it go? And John says, well, she doesn't want to be a soldier's girlfriend can't blame her she she wants to teach music that's what she wants very nice go straight up on that Stradivarius yeah she wants to show them how to play that Stradivarius you know it's not a Stradivarius those are so fucking expensive they gotta be like a billion dollars at this point in the in time well hey what makes you think they wouldn't be around you see what the rest of the world looks like I guess so buddy right 
They kept everything. Well, okay, now that is an interesting point. Like with with the with the Imperials and whatnot, their nobles and whatnot, we see them in these very fancy houses with a very fancy fireplace and the fancy couches and the fancy everything. Not a whole lot of technology there. Very old fashioned uh, uh, cars and whatnot. These guys are like they're on streets. They're on caf. They're at cafes. They have like skyscrapers and shit. And homeboy later on, we see him at his house. Dude has what look appears to be a goddamn like hologram thing. He's shooting out that he talks that he Skype calls with Jean on later. So these fuckers got it. It's not. I'm telling it's you, it's not where I'm comfortable with. There ain't still ain't seen no hoverboards, but they got holograms. And I like a, a hologram. It's a step forward. It's I a want step a step laser hologram. I'm telling you, dude, this this place this is Star Ocean, man. It's Star Ocean. It just baffles me that fucking Reinhardt didn't have not an Alexa, not a Google Home, not a not a not an iPhone, not a not a Siri. He didn't talk to Siri at all. It's fucking foolish. It's like fucking future. You can't, you you be- can't even you, marry, better, you can't even marry a robot. In if this I time. time warp to two thousand eight hundred something, I better see a fucking hoverboard. Is all I'm saying. I'll be pissed off if we ain't got self lacing shoes by then. That should piss me off. That should piss me off. I want right. to see some good aliens too. You know. Some of the nice cat-eared ladies. I don't fuck about aliens. You want to see the talk dolls? <laughs> yeah. Asia Clan Clan or whatever her name mm-hmm. was. All right. But, uh... Teaching yeah. the ways of bopping your baloney, you know? Jesus Christ <laughs> almighty. I can't believe... Like, it's all... It's just all jerking at jokes today. It and sure and, is, and, and And uh, not to be confused with the reindeer and or roll. You know, worst. Anyway... Uh yeah, Jean told Jessica how she feels. She doesn't want to be a soldier's girlfriend. Understandably, she you know that's a that's that can get heavy, uh, and it does get very heavy as we see later. Um, but yeah, but, uh, later before they uh before they actually leave for duty or whatever, they they've graduated. They're leaving. Jessica's still got another year at the academy. Apparently, uh, they take a picture on the roof, and it's a really adorable scene together. It's beautiful. Yeah, too. Uh, they're Their all just kind of really good. It's the the two guys standing behind Jessica. She's in the middle of them, and they're all smiling and laughing. There's there's like cherry blossom leaves blowing through the wind and shit. It's really it's really pretty. Even though they're on the roof, those cherry blossom leaves. You see the trees in the feet and like on the ground behind them. Like you see barely the top of the trees, but them leaves blew all the way up mm-hmm. and are flying back down over them. All right, fairly unrealistic, but it's pretty great. But yeah, they uh, and then pretty much immediately, uh, well, not immediately, but one year later. Uh, we cut and Yang is being shipped out to the front for frontline duty. And he is being uh, stationed at the planet of El Fasil. So we see a news report Oops, saying the Imperial Navy has attacked the fleet, uh, the, the their fleet. And the Imperials, uh, apparently uh, the, the dude who was uh, supposed to be there, like, you know, on guard or whatever, uh, they managed to, you know, they were attacked. They managed to get a get you know fight them back, but then the Imperials attacked them from behind, and they ended up retreating. So now the Empire is moving in to liberate quote unquote Alpha Seal within the next 24 hours. People are panicking. They're flooding the spaceports. You see a scene outside of one of these uh, spaceports where everybody's like, "Ah, we want out of here. The Empire's coming." Blah blah. And then everybody kind of calms down when uh, Yang walks up. And they say, we want to talk to who's in charge. And he says, well, that would be me. And he scratches the back of his head with his little cutie smile. He's very calm, always. We've never seen this guy, like, actually get upset or, you know, he's not very excitable. He's always chill, cool as a cucumber. Just kind of smiles, laughs, and scratches the back of his head because that's his move. He's a real, real fucking douche. Nah, he's fine. He's kind of cool. But, uh... Yeah, that's where he's placed, and he is he is overseeing the evacuation uh, duties, apparently. Um, 
I wrote down, he seems calm. He has a sandwich. He's eating. We see a scene with him eating a sandwich, uh, uh, and he just finished up a call kind with someone. What kind of sandwich you think it is? Was, was it bologna? <laughs> you think it's PB&J? Or you think it's one of the bologna sandwiches? I, th- I saw some green in there that looked like lettuce, so it might be a ham and cheese, ham and lettuce. I don't know, man. It might, could be a BLT. Could be a BLT. Bologna sandwich. Anyway, um... But yeah, he he's eating a sandwich. He starts to choke on it. A cutesy pootsy blonde girl uh hands him some tea or something. He chugs it down real quick. He's like, "Thank you." Uh and like she kind of looks uh she kind of has this weird like hmm, face when he like takes another call like she's not paying attention to him. It's like, "All right, well she seems like she'll be fun." She actually I you definitely see her in the intro in uniform and in the outro as one of the uh the people on on you know the uh free planet side of the uh the outro so she apparently is going to have a bigger role like she you're at least hopefully we'll at least find out her name she was kind of adorable anyway uh young gets a call from uh some other command from a command some commanders or whatever saying that the garrison fleet has apparently left without them and they're terrified oh god we're going to all die they left without us how do we get out of here and he says all right well don't panic just get everybody over here just get command over here and they're like what are you talking about do you understand and he just hangs up before they even finish he's running an evacuation they do what he says command is nervous but he calms them down and he says listen in the meeting with him he says garrison fleet is most likely being captured as we speak while the imperials are busy we will simply slip away and they're all like wait a minute you you knew this would happen you like set up a you 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 set, use them as like a diversion so we can get out he's like yeah we're getting out and he packs up everyone, all the people who were there, who were so sure they were going to die, all these civilians, commanders and whatnot. He gets them on the ships. They fuck right off. And he saved all these hundreds, possibly thousands, maybe millions. I don't know. He saved a lot of people. He is, in fact, the hero of Alpha Seal, which is pretty nice. Um, we then see him at the Tactics Operations Center. He's uh, apparently he, he's sitting there doing some paperwork or whatever because he still has to report this shit. And he gets a call from Jean who uh, he tells him, oh, yeah, uh, he calls him the hero of Alpha Cell. He's like, don't call me that. I'm not a hero. He's like, eh, I heard you got a promoted though. He's like, yeah, they made me lieutenant and then lieutenant commander in the same day. He's like, Jesus, you only get that if you died or something. Well, uh, hey, I mean, why don't you forget about the paperwork and meet up with me so we can hang out? And he's like, where are you calling me from? And he looks around and he sees him standing at the door. He's just fucking with him. So they, uh, they hang out for a little bit. They chat. Um, he says he doesn't want to be called a hero. He said if Rear Admiral Lynch, the guy who had retreated and then, uh, you know, all that stuff, he tried to tell him, like, here's how we can, here's how we can do this. Here's how we can handle it. Again, superior officer doesn't want to listen to the guy underneath him. He says, get off my fucking ship. You go back to the thing. You're in charge. How about this? You can handle the, uh, the, what do you call the evacuations or whatever. I'll handle the war stuff. And of course that dude ended up retreating like a little bitch. So, Hey, Hey, go Yang, Yang. Um, but yeah, he said if he hadn't been so hard headed and sent him off the ship, uh, off the ship, he wouldn't have saved anyone. And he says, uh, and, uh, they, they talk for a little bit like, like how do you know this stuff's going to happen how can you how can you know what's going to happen in these battles he says like all i do is look to the past to predict the future if you know what's going to happen then you can handle it you know you got to have your supplies and everything and everything running and once you're on the front line it's the people in charge who have to make the decisions to make things work and that's all there is to it dude's just that smart um young asks about jessica jean says he hasn't seen her in a while uh 
he's thinking about going to see her. She's teaching music somewhere. He says, hey, well, you should go see her. And he kind of smiles at him. And uh, a couple times, like whenever, whenever, basically whenever they're talking, like back at the bar, Young for a second remembers uh, seeing Jess, uh, talking to Jessica alone on the roof again. And here I think it happens again. He's constantly just remembering this girl. Like he can't mm-hmm. get her out of his head. Yeah. He, um, <clears throat> he wants to slip her the sausage. Don't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't. He he just wished that he had Jean's girl. Da, 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 da. What what'd you say? It's my best friend's girl. It's my best friend's girl. That's friend. basically what's happening here. That's what it seems like anyway. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that good guy Yong would ever actually try to make a move on her, but yeah, I mean he's not. got he's got some feelings clearly. But he'd probably still let her you know let her bop his baloney. Jesus knows? Christ, man! <laughs> Why are you so bad? Why are you so bad? All right. Let's move on. Uh, Young moves into his new house. He is greeted by his new neighbor, who is Kazern, the the dude who we talked to before, inviting him to play some chess. And they chat over a drink. Uh, Kazern says, uh, you know, he, he he's got Kazern has two daughters and a wife, and his house is you know barely the same size as this guy's. He's all alone. This is he calls it. What's he call it? Uh, sweet digs or something like that. Yeah, sweet Roger digs. apparently had never heard that term referred to property before, so he was no, like, I it was that? clothing. I don't it know. can be or anything. Shoes. Digs, bro. Sweet digs, bro. Swanky digs, bro. Swanky digs. Swanky man. digs, bro. But yeah, he. Uh, he tells him, uh, you know, with a house this big, you should uh, see about getting married or maybe adopting. And he goes over, uh, he tells him about what is basically an orphan to soldier plan, uh, which seems a little like fucked up. But also, I kind I, I get it what with the situation they're in they've been at war for 150 fucking years. There's a lot of people dying, a lot of kids getting orphaned. So... With that in mind, with this, he says it's killing two birds with one stone. Basically, if you are in the military, you can adopt another milit. If you, you can, uh, if you're a military family, you can adopt one of these kids who you know has been made an orphan by the, by this horrible war. Um, the basically, you will be given a loan to help out with uh, you know raising the kid and all that. It's essentially, a foster home kind of thing, and. Uh, be uh, not only that but if that kid grows up at the age of uh, i think it was 15 if they decide they want to become a soldier or perhaps join a military academy that loan is completely you know ignored we just wipe the debt otherwise you pay it back obviously which seems kind of fucked up because that's going to incentivize the the people who are watching this kid to like hey make sure you become a soldier now we want you to go off to war so you can also get killed now maybe but at the same time it kills two birds with one stone soldiers are dying they have kids who are orphaned. Well, we make sure those kids grow up and have a proper home, and maybe we get more soldiers out of it. Again, seems seems it like not sense. the most moral thing in the world, but I mean, it makes perfect sense. But you've for been this. at war for a hundred for this years, within so. this kind of situation where they're constantly at war and like you know, this is the kind of thing where like it's not like oh we're at war we're gonna go blow up these guys. No, they are literally like defending their borders and shit. So it makes perfect sense for this kind of stuff. And war always bums me out, but I mean this makes sense anyway. Um, and he kind of, he kind of considers it for a second. He's like, uh, yeah, but I don't think, you know, as a single dude, I would be considered a military family. No, you can do it if you're single. This is how I talk. Like he's really trying to talk him into this. Uh, later on, Yang, uh, has a, has that Skype call I mentioned with Jean and Jean says he's being deployed. And, um, when he gets back, him and Jessica plan on getting engaged and 
he uh, he's kind of like, hey, it's cool, man. And then calls over. He's kind of standing at the window by himself with this glass of whiskey. And again, that flash in his head, he remembers Jessica. Can't get you out of my head. All right. But uh, the next morning or no, it, it has to be a little bit longer, longer after the next morning. It definitely is because it's snowing outside. It's perhaps uh, months later. Um, it's a very snowy morning and the doorbell rings. Now I will say this, it was not snowing. It is now snowing. We know it's been, it's gotta have been a little while cause mm-hmm. it is like snowing hard. It is sticking to the ground. Been a while. It's been a while. All right. But, uh, yeah, it's been a while. This fucker still has all these goddamn boxes in his house. He hasn't unpacked anything. What in the, what, what in the fuck? This guy's the, he's a real absent minded genius type. Like he's kind of a kind of just a slubby dude he's chill slubby i don't know about slubby but he's just kind of slubby he's kind of a giant doofus i mean yeah he's a cute he's he's a little cinnamon roll i guess but he's kind of a fucking doofus he hasn't unpacked anything we know it's it's got to be like an amount of time later because not only is it snowing dude foolish not only is it snowing out but we see who as he's as he's running to the door when the doorbell rings he like knocks over some boxes he's like oh shit coming and we see outside it's a kid apparently he hasn't in fact decided to adopt so we know it's been a while since he moved in he still hasn't packed any boxes what the fuck is your problem young not the point episodes over that's episode four we will come back next week and talk about episodes fun five episode. six seven and eight so five through eight but uh yeah it's pretty fun i young get your shit together mm-hmm. like i'm ready one, to see some space one battles. get over your little crush two unpack your shit it's been apparently months three you got a goddamn child to watch after yeah. get that boy a playstation sex box all right <laughs> yeah show him how to bop that baloney don't show him how to Scoot bop the- bop. what the fuck is wrong with you i don't know you don't you don't i don't know all right well i mean if you give him the sex box it'll show him how you don't have to like physically show it's them it's been a how. fun this is the worst conversation this is taking <laughs> such a turn can we please go to listener questions do we have any we do have one but we I got do some questions. Share, I just, just want to share a story with the good wow. buddies first. Oh, there's a story now. Yeah, a, a story about today. Story about today. Yeah. So my mom's been here, and Brandon came over like we said a little earlier. <laughs> and my mom has been having like physical therapy and stuff come through the house. Doctor came over. Yeah, uh, Doctor Douglas. Uh, I call him Durango Doug. Good old Doug. Durango yeah. Doug. So he's kind of like Durango in, Doug. inquiring about what we're doing. Jack or whatever Bing. and uh brandon you know i mentioned podcast or whatever somehow it says anime and the guy kind of inquires like you know what is that or whatever brandon's about japanese stuff. cartoons and then brandon brandon does this thing i'm in the kitchen he knows oh, what's happening now and and this brandon just pretends like he only so so likes anime <laughs> The guy, he, I don't remember how the conversation what came I, what around. What I said was, but Brandon gave the wavy what hand I said, motion. What I said was, this guy over here, he loves it. I'm kind of meh. I like, I like my shows. I'm not as gung ho about it as you your ass. Are gung ho enough to come in this hot ass room for sometimes two plus hours? I like, I like spending time to with talk my, about some goddamn cartoons. I like spending time with my good buddy. Good buddies, we got to get him out of that closet. He's been in there. You're being weird. He's been in there bopping that baloney all by himself. What the fuck? That shit. It's upsetting to me. You're being weird, man. Well, that's my story I want to share. Sister questions. We got one from our good buddy Ellison. Breeze over that. You fucking ding dong. We got one from from our good buddy (laughs) Tookie. 
Yeah, from, from two. two. He gave us a recommendation. I was looking up that thing. What mm-hmm. was it again? It was a. Uh, oh shit! Uh, I, I had it pulled up on Verve, and I was looking at. It. It's like four Angle, episodes in. Angle Moys. Angle Moys. Yeah, like the like that. record yeah. of the. Uh, what do you call? I definitely will check it out. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Up now. Something about the Mongols. A n g o l m o i s is how it's spelled. It looks pretty neat. It's like a samurai anime. Yeah. Uh, when it when it finishes, yeah, we probably will talk about that. It looks looks neat. Maybe. Yeah. We'll find out. So he asks a question. He says, "What is your favorite shonen, and why is it Hunter x Hunter?" Okay, never seen Hunter x Hunter. I hear it's great. It is great. I hear it's great. Okay, I'm gonna I'm going to. To dive away from Hunter x Hunter, just a little bit because I did start. I did start it. I started with my good buddy Don, and we never finished it. And I guess I just haven't watched more. But I really enjoyed about it. The Diddler, bro. No, no. I'm you said about, Don, didn't you? Yeah, Donson, man. I don't know Don Johnson. Is. He's my good buddy. Oh, okay, that's cool. Um, also known as Asian Don, sometimes. Jesus Christ. He's awesome. He's a great guy. But we started watching together, and I really enjoyed it. And then at some point, uh, we didn't watch it together anymore. He had moved out, and I guess I just haven't watched more in the hopes that we were going to watch it together. I don't know. But I did enjoy Hunter x Hunter. My favorite shonen, though, I would say... Would prob- now, what's a shonen? Shonen is it's very similar. It's like Shonen Jump animes or whatever. It's those tournament styles. It's like Dragon Ball Z, stuff like that. It's uh, so like action-y stuff. yeah. Kind of oriented like... towards like teenage boys and older older males. Okay. Not to say that that girls can't get into it too, but it's for whoever yeah. likes it. But it's like primarily like actiony stuff, yeah, action-y superheroes, stuff, that fights. kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of fighting and whatnot. Okay, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah, I, I can give you a proper definition. Of I'm, it. I I just googled shonen anime and I'm looking at a list of like here's all the most popular ones and whatnot. You got your Death Notes. You got your Naruto's. Uh, shonen Jump. Shonen Jump. Shonen Jump. Soul Eater. Shonen Jump. I mean, yours has to be Full Metal Alchemist, right? <laughs> it's on the list. No, I'm actually going to give mine... Oh, shit! To, yeah. Is it My Hair Academia? Oh, man, that's a... We'll see how that goes. I mean, it is a very, very strong... I'm it so far. ...strong contender. Uh, oh, man, a hiccup. Uh, Don't hurt yourself now. Oh, man, Inuyasha's on there. got to be that. It is not Inuyasha. <laughs> GTO's crazy. on here. It's got to be that. That is great. That is great. But I'm going to give it to Yu Yu Show. Same people that Yuhaku made uh, Hunter x Hunter. I never got super into Yu Yu Hakusho. It's so good. Yeah, I feel but like I need to go back and watch it again. That's what I'm Because I remember not too. getting super into it. I remember like being watching it, and it was to the tournament where like they're fighting that big dude with the glasses, or Hiei, or not not Hiei. What's his name? What's the man guy's name? What's the man dude's name? Uh, uh, Yusuke. Yusuke, you're a messenger? Yeah, Yusuke. Yeah. Yusuke's fighting that big dude with the with the really little glasses. And I was like, oh, okay. And I just kind of stopped giving a shit. I don't know. I just kind of fell off of that show. I need to go back and watch it because I remember it being pretty cool. You got like a fox boy with a rose whip. Mm-hmm. You got you got a uh, fake Vegeta. <laughs> yeah. That's he, eh? Yeah, he. Uh, uh, Karama. Karama has, yeah. yeah, and Kuwabara was the one with Kuwabara the laser sword. Kuwabara's the fucking sword. best, dude. Kuwabara's pretty cool. He's the best, man. He's he had, got, a, he's he had got a cool that, sword and he can make a laser he's sword. He's got that perfect delinquent pomp. Yeah, man, he got that sweet pompadour. the delinquent pomp, dude. Pretty, pretty sick, bro. Um, what do you, what do you got, buddy? What would you say? Your I'm just is? going through this big ass list, and I'm like, yeah, you got your Dragon Balls, you got your bleaches. Out of the one, hey, there's Yu Yu Hakusho. Out of the ones that are on here, I would probably. You gonna give it to MHA? 
Oh, my mom falling down in there. I don't think she fell. It sounded <laughs> like a box fell over. You want to check on her and cut this out? Uh, yeah, she's okay. I just heard her say, oops. <laughs> Jesus. Christ, man. <laughs> it's a great it's a great day at Roger's place. Yeah. Um, yeah, the stuff that's on here, I'm really liking MHA so far. I, again, I had to look. This is why you give me shit about, oh, I'm not, he's not that into anime. Yeah, right. I had to look up Shonen. I don't know what this shit means. Okay, so to be fair, you don't have to know what the terms are to really, yeah, really enjoy anime. Don't be a dick. Anyway. I didn't know the terms until way later in life until I took time to look it up. Anyway. Anyway. Of course. <laughs> God damn it, Roger. And that was it. The fucking worst. Um, out of stuff that's on there, I'm gonna go with. I think the only one of those series that I own the box set of, uh, and that I really did enjoy quite a bit, and that would be Samurai Champloo. Oh yeah, great one. It's a really fun show. Great one. It's essentially a samurai anime, although it is Samurai Champloo, so it's like you know what Champloo means. I do not. If I remember right, it's like a merger of two things that are like complete, like have nothing to do with each other, but you bring them together and like you know make a thing out of it. Kind of like you've got this. Uh, you know, feudal samurai era kind of stuff, this setting, but it's got all these like cool hip hop yeah, sensibilities hip-hop. and music okay, yeah, and whatnot. It. It's pretty that's sweet. Cool. That's cool. So, if, if I remember correctly, that's, that's a what fun Shampoo fact, is. dude. That's I have a to Google that. Uh, don't call me on that. I'll Google it to make sure I didn't just lie to all y'all, but I'm pretty sure that's what that means. Anyway, I, uh, I really love that show. Has, I still, still probably. I'm thinking about it. Might still be my favorite ending theme to anything ever. And one of my favorite opening themes to anything ever. But yeah, that show was rad. Really cool visuals. Uh, like I said, I own the box set. I've watched it a couple times. It's great. It's beautiful. It's amazing. I love it. So yeah, that'd probably be my go-to. All right, dude. Love me some Samurai Shampoo. So next week. Just going to Google that real quick. Okay, Juan sure Brandon's Googling that. I'll start throwing some plugs out there. But first, next week... We will be continuing The Legend of the Galactic Heroes, and that will be episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8. So be sure to watch 5, 6, 7, and 8. Tune in next week for that. Uh, let's get into some plugs here. First, I'm going to I'm gonna do a little podcast plug for my good buddy, so I'm going to ask Brandon a question. What's that? Are you a lover of mysteries? A seeker of the unknown? We plugged these guys last week, and I'm so down for plugging them again. It's pretty yeah. great. So my good buddy Parker and my good buddy Braxton, um, I actually worked with Parker at the store that I worked at before uh, we started doing all the podcasts and stuff, and I started working at home. And Parker is such a great, great person. Braxton was out of state studying, uh, studying, I believe, abroad, and uh, I, I, I met him towards the tail end of Parker's tenure there. But he's a great dude. I really like Parker. And they just got a podcast set up to where they're going over like cryptids and conspiracies. Uh, They're going over cults. The last episode they did was over Mothman. Uh, Super, super, super cool. The first one was a Church of Wells, which is that's kind of recent. If you haven't checked that, you should. It happens every other Wednesday. So last Wednesday, Mothman came out. There will not be anything this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, there will be a new episode out there. So check out Parker, check out Braxton, and the Hidden Podcast. Uh, It's Hidden Semicolon, uh, a podcast. Okay, never mind. I'm just going to read a little tag she sent out to us. Um, Are you a lover of mysteries? A seeker of the unknown? If so, check out Hidden, a podcast that takes a closer look at all things cults, cryptid, and conspiracies, and they update every other Wednesday. Just kind of how I explain. Um, but yeah, check them out. 
They're super awesome. sweet stuff. Yeah, support yeah. support our good. They're buddies. on iTunes. They're on everywhere that I think you can find some fine podcasts just like us. So it's good stuff, man. If you can find us, you can find them. I do not believe they're on YouTube yet, but all the audio spots they should be there. I know iTunes for sure. Now I will say this: should they betray us and join up with Spotify, we will have problems. We will ask them, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so real quick, because I feel like a jackass. Okay. Uh, I, did, I, I remember seeing like a definition for Champloo somewhere. I think it might have been on like an Adult Swim bump or something, but whatever it was. According to the Wikipedia page, Champloo just comes from the Okinawan word Champuru, uh, which is uh, apparently uh, uh, as in Goya Champuru, an Okinawan stir-fry dish containing bitter melon. Apparently, Champuru alone simply means to mix or hash. But, yeah. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. Anyway, uh, but yeah. let's get to those plugs. Yeah, or... man. So, we, we got Parker out there. Also, Parker is a, is a fan of anime as well. She she attended many of the anime nights and hung out with me. So, maybe she'll come do some anime with us. I don't Ooh, know shit. how Braxton feels about it. But... Or maybe some wrestling. Yeah, maybe, about maybe, wrestling. maybe we'll do some crossovers. Who knows what will happen in the future. Who we'll definitely can go check say? out the Hidden Podcast with Parker and Braxton. Absolutely do that. It's um, cool stuff. I love those first couple episodes. Can't wait to see what they do next. Yep. Yeah. We going so, to plugs? Yeah, let's go. Let's go into the plugs, dude. All right. First of all, if you want to send us some messages uh, or questions like our good buddy Tuki, uh, you can hit us up at uh, thegoodbuddiesanimepod at gmail.com. Yep. Send us a message there. We also have uh, the Facebook group, which is the Good Buddies Universe. We also mm-hmm. have the. Uh, let's not forget the Twitter TGB uh, underscore anime pod. anime pod all lowercase all lowercase. Uh, there's also uh, the Tumblr page, thegoodbuddies.tumblr.com. We're also on YouTube, where you may be listening to this right now. Rapid Kick Media on YouTube. Really cool stuff. Really good. Everything. Remember, if you can, if you have anywhere where you can leave us a comment, yeah. if you ask a question there, odds are we'll find it. Um, you can also leave us those five stars while you're at it, because what else you can yeah, do, subscribe man? Subscribe to the channel out. if you're on YouTube. Yeah, it's cool stuff. All uh, of it helps. We're also uh, anywhere you find uh, your fine, fine podcast. You can find us. And our good buddies at Hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're on the Pod Addicts. We're on the Pod Beans. I use uh, I use a Podcast Addict. We have a Stitcher as well. Pretty much everywhere except the Spootify. Yep. Cause fuck them. Yeah, no Spootifies. Yeah, you can't Spoot. I know you want this Spootify, but you can't have this. Yeah, they're trying to bop this baloney. Okay. Jesus Christ. Ain't happening. There it goes again. All right. But uh, is that all, is that all the, like, the media plugs and stuff? That's all the media plugs, yeah. I think so, yeah. All right. Do want to, of course, give a shout-out to our good yep. buddies, Married with Sea Monsters, a.k.a. the Mary Janes, for the use of our opening theme song, Paper Doll. You can find that on Spotify because, yeah, Spotify. Yeah. Uh, that one's actually not on Spotify. You can yeah. find that some of their stuff on Spotify. That one in particular, because it's too cool for fucking Spotify, is on marriedwithseamonsters.bandcap.com, along with a few other things. Super cool stuff. Super great music. They're mm-hmm. amazing. We love them. Our ending theme is, of course, by our good buddy, Petty Theft. He is on Twitter and also SoundCloud under Petty Theft. That is p- two P's at the beginning, two T's at the end. P- Petty Theft. Mm-hmm. Check him out. Support him. We love that ending yeah. game and we love our good buddy Petty Theft. And is that basically it? Yeah, that's basically it. I do want to say one of the things Give about, me, about uh, the Mary Janes. Give it to me, baby. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Give it to me, baby. I, can't, I don't know how much I can say, but I will say this. Uh, they have a song called Face It Tiger. It was one of the first songs they released under the Mary Janes uh, moniker. Mm-hmm. They did it for Disney. And um, I don't know, like I said, I don't know how much I can say, but be on the look for that song because that is coming out soon. And I remember, I remember hearing that song in an advertisement for uh, for like one of those Spider-Man app games or something, mm-hmm. or like and a Marvel is, app it's game. Gonna it's pretty be, sweet. It's going to be hitting something else that might yeah. hit your screen. Yeah, maybe. Soon. Yeah, we'll find I'll, out. I'll find out for sure if I can yeah, say. There's or stuff not, and things. But, there's stuff yeah, and things. So, things so and keep stuff. On the look for that. It's very cool. 
very 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 cool cool, cool stuff man our friends do cool things cool cool people do cool stuff yeah We're doing cool stuff too and you want you do some cool stuff with us and yeah. send them some likes and questions and comments and whatnot as always my good buddies we love you i think roger's gonna take us yeah. out so from all of us here at the good bunnies universe i'm your good buddy brandon and i'm your good buddy roger give it to me give it to me bye